What the fuck's up, everybody? Welcome to Is It Punk with Connor and Ian. And uh, today we're joined by uh, my friend Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Yo, what's up? Hello, hello. <laughs> Yo. Uh, yeah, so this week, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before, where we try and like play coy. Like People don't know what we're talking about, Yeah. even though they've already read the title. Um, but yeah, this week, you already know, we're getting into it about Weezer. Uh, this all sort of came about because I noticed the other day, Johnny, maybe like two weeks ago, you did like a, a big deep dive on about Weezer on your Instagram story. You want to talk about that real quick? Yeah. Uh, huge Weezer fan. Um, been since I was 13 and the reason I like picked up a guitar, you know? Uh, and so I just dove really deep into that and have been a big fan and have been a big fan up until present still a big fan so i've gone through the the good years the terrible years and the comeback years and the in between so i was you know my regular instagram is for my videos and so like i started this like finsta a while ago so i could just like talk about whatever the hell i wanted <laughs> without worrying about losing followers since that account, you know, it's my livelihood and what I do full time. So, um, yeah, I was just like, I usually like post songs that I'm listening to with like funny images that I found that week. And I was just like, you know what? It's time for me to figure out my Weezer tier list because like being a big fan and having two records come out this year, I need to know where they fall into play. And so I did that. And then I started having people message me about stuff and I was like you know what I'm gonna pick one awesome moment from each album and just like post it and and just like you know see what people say and that that's pretty much the story on that <laughs> have you been a Weezer fan for like the for you never wavered as a Weezer fan like you never had like oh I don't like them anymore like you never had a thing where you were too cool for it and then you came back and you're like oh actually a couple of these albums actually that I, I missed weren't actually that bad no no and the fact is that's I, crazy i know and the and <laughs> like i every album especially like from make-believe to ratitude era like i would hype myself out and be like okay they're gonna like get back to something that i love and then they just like kept digging themselves deeper and i'm like and, and there were parts where I was like, I, I'm like giving up on Weezer and maybe like there's there's something that will be in there on the next album. But yeah, I never I never wavered. And with every new album, I'm stoked to hear it and stoked to see what happens just because like you, every album is different. So you never know what the hell you're going to get. Do you still buy like all the CDs when they come out and stuff or like or like digitally buy them or anything? Uh. No, I use streaming services, but I do buy the vinyls of the ones that I like, like uh, OK Human here. Uh, th that one came out in January and uh, I really, really like it. Um, and it's not like me just being a Weezer fanboy and gatekeeping. I was like, this is actually <laughs> a good record. So, um, yeah. So if I really, really like one of their new records, I'll buy it on vinyl. But um yeah, for the most part, I'm just, uh, I'm just um, streaming it. Yeah, I was gonna say that'd be pretty nuts if you were like still buying like, every CD, like hitting Best Buy. Like, 
we're gonna find out if, if Van Weezer's good. Or just like or like you see it about to it go out. and you like buy the you pick up the vinyl, like as it's in pre order or whatever. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. pick it up before you even heard it. You're just like you just know that they're about to maybe deliver. You get the forty dollar <laughs> like pre order package with a t shirt and then you hear it and you're like, Fuck. Yeah, the pro the problem is you never know what you're gonna get with Weezer album. And like it's yeah. so true. Like like one year you'll get the fucking black album, which is just garbage. And then the <laughs> next year you get okay human, which is like one of their best records since the original ones. And so like, you never know what you're going to get. It's they're truly one of the most confusing bands and we're, we're, we'll get into a full deep dive in their, uh, their catalog soon. But, um, we, we did skip over a little bit of, uh, introducing you um yeah. where so so johnny uh is a friend of mine that i met on tumblr uh, a decade ago a decade ago even longer <laughs> dude i would say it's like 2010 yeah 2010 2011 somewhere around there um dude, then it's our known, decade friend anniversary oh <laughs> <laughs> then known as the internet god mm-hmm. and now the uh meme king of burlington vermont was is that a horrible name uh <laughs> Maybe just the king of Burlington? Yeah, I'm. they call me the people, people's mayor. And that's not like the a thing mayor. that I made up. That's like what they call me. Yeah. I basically, like if you don't know what I do, I basically do um, a John Oliver deep dive into local issues. But I do it if like Eric Andre did it. So it's, it's in front of a fucking green screen. It's very Tim and Eric, very fast paced jokes. And uh, I have found myself being one of the most famous people in Vermont now, which is very weird to me, but I love it because now it's my full-time job and I can live off of it. So I do that. And then I also have a side character, Donnie Wanzer. Shout out to Donnie. Yeah. And Donnie is, uh, he's like a Vermont redneck, but is like trying to be cool. And he's basically like, yeah, there's like a specific vermont redneck that everybody who has grown up here or lived here knows and nobody has really like made a character out of it so i'm kind of like it's kind of like new grounds to joke about it but uh yeah that's my side character and he came out with his first rap song in march (laughs) and it it went viral in the state and uh that got my name up and then people started finding out from that that i do the other show and they're like holy god shit like this guy does a ton of like different things so yeah have you always been interested in political politics yeah um not necessarily to the extent that i am right now just because like not to the extent where you're bullying the mayor always just that's more recent yeah i mean like (laughs) you know from my early tumblr days i would troll people and do basically this but to people that probably didn't deserve it, you know, different time. <laughs> no. Like in my twenties, I was very like self-centered and stuff like that. And, but now I'm, I'm 32. And, uh, as, as I've gotten older and comfortable with myself and all of that stuff, like I have found myself in a position where like, I now c- like have the ability to care about the community. Um, <laughs> And, and so that's kind of birthed this new project or my current project. So you decided you to like be focused like, chaos. Yeah. It's focused. It, yeah. But it's still <laughs> the same energy that internet God had, but I think it's, it's produced and it's executed a lot better just because I've been in the, the, the internet game now for a while and have studied 
you know, other YouTube uh, content creators and, you know, other political satirists and, and sketch comedy shows. So you've decided to use your, uh, your ability to, I guess, meme and troll people for the greater good. Yeah. So now I'm like doing this thing where, uh, you know, I'll, I'll cover something like my point, the point of the video is just to educate people, but then I also will do stuff that will troll people in power in the real world and upset people. And it's kind of punk rock. Is Johnny Wanzer 100%. punk? Is Johnny Wanzer punk? I would say yes. Um, <laughs> that was going to be one of my next questions, which was, do you consider yourself punk at all in like any degree, like a kind of, sort of, maybe? Yeah. Um, I mean, for what I'm doing right now, yeah, it's very like uh, anti-capitalist, anarcho-punk sort of thing. And nobody is doing a high production video series like this on a local level anywhere that I know of. Yeah. And I've tried looking for it. And it, yeah, I don't see anybody doing it. So like, I would say it's like a, it's very punk rock, you know, and it's like the wild west of like trying to figure out what's going on with it. Um, yeah. And I'll say one thing I've really liked about it too, is like when you see like other satirists or even like John Oliver, like you say, like, you know, they have to bite their tongue a little because somebody's paying their check. And then you're straight up just like, no, fuck the cops. Fuck you know, this company. Fuck that company. Like whatever. I don't care. I have a Patreon. Yeah, that's it. And like those people pay for me to say that. And I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> now, is Johnny Wanza the person punk rock? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I grew up listening to uh, Real Screamo uh, and was very elitist about that. You know, I was the oh, kind yeah. of person that would be like, yeah, not Screamo, but I listened to Scrams, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, my favorite bands were like, you know, Seisha, Jerome's Dream, Portraits of Past, and then some emo shit like, you know, Sunny Day, Mineral, that 90s whole stuff, even older stuff like uh, um, like Fugazi or, or stuff like that. But my music taste is like all over the board now. Um, and so I would say, but my roots are in hardcore and I was in hardcore bands in, in high school and a little bit after high school. So I would say Johnny Wanzer punk rock certified yeah i would say i was gonna say that's how yeah that's how ian and i became friends was like on tumblr both both liking punk and hardcore to an extent but then also both liking like screamo bands Mm -hmm. and stuff and i felt like beyond us also just liking the formatting of each other's audio posts on tumblr (laughs) um which was the main reason we followed each other it's like oh nice we we format it the same way um (laughs) but yeah i remember finding out I think I first met you, Johnny, via like memes and dumb shit. And then randomly you posted like an Archer and Jeopardy song from one of your old bands. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, sick, like old Screamo old band. Old Screamo shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you have like a band camp up with like all your old recordings, which I remember you sent to me a little bit ago. And I'm, I pop in there on occasion. If you ever see a spike in listenership on there, it's, uh, it's me. I'm glad somebody's listening. <laughs> Do you still listen to like that stuff at all? Or is it kind of a thing um, of the, your youth? It's, I definitely used to listen to it all the time. Um, it's, I, I will put it on every once in a while, but yeah. I don't go seeking out new bands in that style. Yeah. Um, and I, and um, I'm very much like on the current trends of 
underground stuff going on. And unfortunately, hardcore and screamo kind of died, you know, like five ish, five to 10 years ago. Uh, And so, yeah, my, my interests have kind of like gone other places, but I'm still like, I'm still finding those like weird little niche uh, uh, genres that aren't getting a lot of play, like on Spotify and stuff like that. And really enjoying stuff like that. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your opinion on hyper pop? I love it. I was gonna say I figured as much. Yeah, Ian's big on hyper pop. Oh yeah, yeah. I fucking I love that shit. I want to do a whole episode about it, but it's just like I just need to like wait to like I feel comfortable enough to be able to fully discuss it. We can't we can't talk about music and sound smart, so we got to really think about that one. Yeah. You know what I view it as? It's <laughs> it's the grunge era of like this era and not because of aesthetics, but mostly because it's like it takes you know, we came out of the 80s with like a lot of fucking reverb snare shit and blah 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 and then grunge was like let's get gritty and like flip this shit and like give a new sound and like so hyperpop is kind of like that where it takes all of the things that we've liked about past things and it just combines it into this weird thing that like we shouldn't like but we really do like and right now it's like kind of popular and everybody's like playing with the sound but i easily see it being homogenized in the next like couple of years like grunge was and turning into something like a butt rock genre of the late 90s that grunge eventually turned into i think for sure i think we're gonna actually like you're gonna start hearing i I mean i don't know if it's played on the radio because i don't listen to the radio but i feel like for sure in due time you're gonna hear like a hundred gex type shit or coming out of the radio even if it won't be exactly the same but it'll just be kind of like everything just kind of how like kind of different but kind of the same just how kind of like tim and eric kind of like aesthetic is like now and just in commercials like commercials just seem like a tim and eric skid half the time yes yeah so i think you see like one funny commercial and you're like oh that's interesting and then every commercial now is just like absurdist and you're like oh i want to kill myself yeah and like hyper pop's (laughs) cool because it takes that and it's just like is way more absurd like there's like a lot of absurdity within hyper pop but i think that just like it's going to be just become like normal just like everything else sadly does when does the irony stop though when do we stop making ironic shit ironic 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 you know yeah we would just revert back to full sincerity and you have an emo band crying on stage yeah <laughs> that's that's what i'm hoping for the come around back for just like a band like mineral just weeping on stage yeah singing about jesus but no one realizes I- yeah i think christian rock is just gonna have its re it's it's new day it's gonna come back i hope so yeah it would be really funny if some like it's like not christian rock but it's like a new christian genre and it just like changes (laughs) the whole game yeah like christianity just be just like takes hold but it's like at like a post irony level where like everyone in the band is like doing it ironically, but it's very earnest in a lot of ways too. Just, you know, I think I'm going to start that band. <laughs> I support that. That's going to suck. Uh, speaking of, speaking of bands, uh, Johnny, what have you been listening to this week? Other than Weezer. Uh, what the hell have I been listening to? Oh, oh, this is my favorite. Yo, this is I've my favorite part to... because everyone always grabs their phone, and, like looks at Spotify real quick, like oh fuck. I don't fuck, even have what to do it? that because I was just talking. I was I'm listening to the new Tyler the Creator album. That's true. We were just talking about that pre pod. 
Yeah, uh, I really like it. It's a grower, but Igor, which is one of, I love that album, it's right back here. Um, that was a grower for me at first too, just because it was something that I wasn't expecting. Um, and this one is, it has many different layers to it. And at first it kind of seems like an older Tyler jump, but like, it, but as you start listening to it, you realize how eclectic it is and how he is just finding his sound more and more. And I love this second stage of his career, which is like, I, I kind of attribute it starting at Flower Boy, Boy and then working from Igor to, you know, what we're at now. And uh, I'm loving this, this yeah, his, his second wind here. And I'm really excited to see, you know, all the things that he does until he eventually loses steam and we all hate him. <laughs> yeah, that day is going to rule. I, I haven't like but... fully listened to it, um, but on like, my light listen that I did, I felt like it it was like kind of like a return to form, as you said, of like his music, but like in a more mature way where it's not like it's it's not just like being rambunctious and offensive just as like the bit. It has something different to it. And I think you were probably right where it is a little bit more eclectic. I need to like really listen to it at all. But yeah. Um yeah. I I think uh, Tyler the Creator is a punk yeah, man too. I definitely liked Igor, so I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I was t- I was telling Connor this. Uh, it it reminds me of Kanye West's career because, like, right after Jesus, he puts out uh, Life of Pablo, and that kind of revisited like everything that he's done, uh, and like all of the different sounds. But it, there's something to it that is just like. It, it's it's definitely the next step and i view this as tyler's the life of pablo where it's it's very eclectic and it's it's not he's not forgetting like the things in the past that we really like but he's bringing it to like another level and i didn't understand that until my like third listen in gotcha yeah yeah it's definitely gonna be something that like i i saw came out and then this week i was just trying to focus mostly on weezer so i was like i'm gonna wait Post record, honestly, tomorrow driving into work, I'll be playing it. And my girlfriend who I drive to work with will probably ask me to turn it off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but other other than Weezer this week, uh, I was also listening to Angel Dust still, like nonstop. Um, the Menzingers, while I was cooking dinner tonight, it was just like I had, like, I don't know, it just felt right. And then uh, Turnstile's new couple songs on a, like the Love Collect- Connection EP. I don't know if it's actually called an EP or whatever, but they just put out like four songs and they're so good. I need to check them out. Cause I like that, that single. I saw that came out, but I, I didn't, I didn't listen. Yeah. It's like turnstiles is just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's undeniable. They're like the best, I think probably my favorite hardcore band that's like current and active right now. And they're slowly like becoming less and less hardcore, but like they're still so good and are still going to play hardcore shows. And that rules. <laughs> I went into Vance the other day and they were playing a uh, turnstile and I was like really caught off guard for a second uh, just because I was like, dude, this is crazy. And I re- remembered that they are like that. They're so big. That big. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Warp Tour is around today, like turnstile would headline it and it would be such a bummer. I would hate that. <laughs> I hope that isn't true if that was the case. You know, I've, I've also been listening to The Armed their their record that came out like maybe like three months ago but there's like it yeah it's it's kind of a weird band but they have members of like converge and stuff in it but it's very like 
I want to say it's like hyper pop meets hardcore. Um, it meets Insane. like kind of like some lightning bolt energy. Um, but it, it's really cool stuff. And uh, they were, it was like best music on Pitchfork and Rolling Stone and stuff like that. Um, Aren't they kind of like a collaborative band where it's like they have a they have a person or like a handful of people in the band, but then like they just have like people come in and just like randomly join them. Yes. That okay, yeah, that's the that. Band. Yeah, okay. and one of those people is one of my friend, my good friends, Uriah, who plays Horus in the Donnie universe. He is he is the drummer <laughs> on their latest record. So like, okay, he lives here, but he does all of this crazy shit. And he, he also is in Rough Francis, which is signed to Death Wish. Um, okay. But they live here. And he, he's the drummer on the old boy stuff that I sent you, Connor. And yeah, he does yeah, the yeah. Horus stuff. And he's one of my good friends. But then when he's not doing any, any of this stuff with me, he's like out on tours like with the arms. And he also <laughs> fills in for Converge. Oh, fuck. Yeah, when Ben's, yeah. When Ben's out, he's their backup drummer. Okay, so he's yeah, he's he good. sounds pretty punk. He's he's an amazing person. <laughs> but uh Ian, what else were you listening to this week? Uh okay, so have you ever heard of the podcast like blowback? Um no. It's like so they, they just started a new season of it that is um about Cuba, but their first season I had never listened to, and it was about it's basically just like re it's like rebringing up the iraq war and like just kind of deep diving in how like pretty fucked it was and like the whole like just like going into it why we went into it all the stuff and everything that had to go with it so i was listening to that and then that reminded me that like just like brought me back to that era and so i decided to listen to anti-flags for blood and empire and <laughs> i was i've been i've listened to it like multiple times since like because of that so I've basically been obsessed with that album, and then even yesterday I was I was here. I'm this is like like um, my parents' house, and so I found the the old CD. Like I have the CD in here of For Blood and Empire, and I like was reading through it, and it's like I forgot they like wrote a full essay for every song, and like it's all in the liner notes, and so um, I found I was just really fucking stoked on that album for some reason. An album that came out in two thousand six revisiting it's really good just in like in a real fuck george bush era right now yeah you know <laughs> let's just, i want to bring that back fuck george bush you know uh stop His paintings are dog shit <laughs> fuck him i mean it's it's like it's such a good album like all around punk like i i don't i feel like anti-flag gets kind of like made fun of because like that was like a major label release and they were just like they're kind of like really cheesy but like that album's like actually pretty insightful and not just like I don't know as cool as like gonna die gonna die gonna die for your government gonna die for a country <laughs> that's shit uh, which is a pretty cool statement to say I think like actually writing full essays and having like very pinpointed lyrical content that is on Four Blood and Empire is like I don't know pretty good so I don't know that's been what I've been obsessed for the last couple of days for some reason. All right. Well, it's pretty punk. So you got you. We can let that ride. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> I mean, it's good. I promise. Um. All right. I think it's time that we really get into the meat and potatoes. Some would say the pork and beans of this get into episode. The pork and beans. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really I'm excited that you guys have me on here to talk about Gex. So 
Gex is really cool. <laughs> I'm like, I've been dying to talk about Gex. And so like, I've been collecting Gex games for the, about 20 years. So, you know, it's cool. It's like all the references are from the nineties and eighties, but like, I'm really excited that you guys have me on here. I'm ready to answer your Gex questions. Let's go. Oh, what's your favorite gecko? Gex. Gex. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, wait, no. Gex 2. That's my favorite Gex gecko. Gex 2. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. I'm, I like actually have a genuine question. How many Gex games are there? There's only three. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> I, I never played it. I never had a PlayStation. Yeah, it's... Fucked up, uh, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, uh, like, whatever platformer. Like, it's fine, but uh, it's a, a lot of people don't like him because he's uh, kind of annoying. <laughs> and he just doesn't shut the fuck up, and he makes all of these different references all the time to old things that nobody listens to anymore so, or, or knows about anymore. So, A lot like Weezer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have I have my little pros and cons list here, okay. but I also have just like like a easy one word answer to the question of is Weezer punk? Uh, the answer is no. That's, and I'm here to prove you wrong. <laughs> I mean, Ian, whose side are you on? Here? I this is I, if we're gonna do the one word answer right out the front, no. And I got a checklist ready to go of like Whew. of this whole thing. Um, yeah, oh, and no. I'm ready to show you why they're punk. I mean, you may have better insights because a lot of this is based on... Around, Definitely like, going to have better insights. Like, <laughs> I have tangible evidence. That's going to be helpful because Ian and I have mostly uh, staunch opinions that we will not flinch about. <laughs> can, I make, can I make my argument right now? Sure, shoot. Okay. Shoot your shot, King. So would you say, like, missing an arm, like getting your arm torn off is punk? Depends on the context. Okay. Like maybe like a crazy accident and then like you're just like fuck it and you're like still doing your thing anyways. And you're and still, like, still going to be a drummer in Def Leppard. You see where I'm getting at here. <laughs> okay. So would you say that that's punk rock? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess okay. so. Okay. Yeah. So that'll Def be a whole Leopard, different pod. The band, right? Here's where I get my fucking, I go all Charlie on you. From It's Always yeah. Sunny. Def Leppard, the band, used to cover a song called Pour Some Sugar On Me. Not their original song, but they used to cover it. So okay. a punk rock band covering a song makes it inherently punk rock. Now. Okay, so wait, we're just wait, making wait, that lead that we Def just, Leppard we just, is like, punk. We just agreed that <laughs> Def Leppard's a punk band? <laughs> well, the guy in, the guy in Def Leppard who lost his arm is punk because of that. So inherently that makes Def Leppard punk. Okay. Okay. So get, stay with me here. Stay with me. So then they cover that song, uh, pour some sugar on me. I don't remember who the original person is, but they cover that song. Right. So that inherently makes that song punk. Now, Beverly Hills, the chorus of Beverly Hills, the guitar, is the same guitar in the chorus of Pour Some Sugar On Me. And I sent videos in the chat to you guys singing both of the choruses over each song. 
and they line up. So what does that make Beverly Hills? Since it, it Don't rips say that it. song off directly, <laughs> it makes it punk rock. And that song is by Weezer. So it makes them punk rock. There's like Boom. there's arguments Podcast to be over. made. <laughs> there's arguments to be made about Weezer being punk in some regards, but citing the song Beverly Hills is absolutely psychotic. Also citing Def Leppard as the the basis <laughs> as of a it. punk band. I I'm mean, you kind of get us there because on and you don't know how to handle it. But I just proved <laughs> my point, and it's very tangible. <laughs> And you can write it out and see it. So, I mean, it, yeah. it was Sorry. hard for me at the beginning when you had a guy with his arm chopped off. But then, like, I didn't know if yeah, I was, was being like, uh, if I was being like, was it called ableist to say that it's not punk to lose an arm? I just had to give him <laughs> that little credit. So um, I guess I have to call Def Lever to ban-, ban so I don't like sound uh, ableist. And there you go. And so that makes <laughs> Weezer punk. <laughs> I mean, okay. We could give that one point in the pro column, um, but I mean, but I got I got my my whole little pros and cons list here. All right, let's go. I'm sorry so, to keep cutting you off. <laughs> oh, that's the whole pod. I'm I'm a um, comedian, so this is what I do. <laughs> uh, my my first con here is just that Weezer, they're just not a very DIY band. I feel. Yeah, they've always been on major records. Yeah, I have like a couple of points to that. I, 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 by the way, I, I just want to take a step back for a second before we jump back into this. Def Leppard actually wrote Pour Some Sugar on Me. Oh, okay. Fun right. fact. There, I, I had to research go. that because I was, I was curious. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't like Captain Beefheart that was the original writers of uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Okay, so that makes them even more punk. So. Okay. Anyway, so, there it is. got that. Done. the connection. All right, we're bringing it back. Okay. So I have like a maybe on the DIY. So I have a punk band checklist going on. I wonder if Connor and I have the same checklist because we didn't talk about this whatsoever. But DIY never was discuss. my number one thing of like, okay, are they DIY? Maybe. Make your argument because I'm about to school you. All right. So <laughs> now, uh, okay. So a band oftentimes kind of is going to be DIY anyway of like having to start and then like find labels and like, and like play shows. Like that's going to, that's a slightly DIY thing um like however they didn't like self-release music at all really before they got on signed to a major label they also weren't like playing punk shows and like starting like playing with punk bands they were mostly just jumping into the club scene and joining on the club scenes before they like got signed now i don't know if that's fully true but from the light wikipedia reading i was doing it doesn't say that there was like I, I, there's no flyers of like a of like a um butthole surfers weezer show or anything like that like it's, it's just, true it's it's just like it just started off like the band just kind of appeared after some like playing some clubs getting signed by a label in like 94 then we were able to release their music it's true like they didn't open for descendants or anything like that in like some random la backyard yeah no like it doesn't work <laughs> But I will say that one a one DIY aspect about them is that I mean they do write all their own music like you know they are banned in that regard they're not like some pop act that has ghost writers they uh, have some they have collaborators on their later albums but yeah 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 but for the most part they write a lot of their own stuff and they write a lot of goddamn music <laughs> so that's you know that and lends a couple points to the DIY thing but I still think just not DIY enough to be punk. 
So here are my arguments. It's half joke, half real. Um, so before Rivers, the lead singer, was in Weezer, he was in a hair metal band called Avant Garde. And that sucks. <laughs> they were so like when he grew he grew up in Connecticut, so punk rock, obviously. Um nope. and he grew up on a commune. Yeah, like that's, a hippie commune, like yeah, a yoga that's commune. That's like DIY people. They're like doing it themselves rather than being that's on the true. system. So DIY grow up, right? He's into all of these 80s uh, metal bands like uh, Slayer, Iron Maiden, Metallica, back when all those bands, you know, weren't whatever. They were just like, you know, he's into all of that stuff, which is like kind of punk. And then he wanted to do his own thing. So like, I've listened to these demos. They recorded demos. And like, it's just him shredding and just going to town. But then like, the choruses are all like kind of hair metal. So like part of it is like pretty lit. And then part of it is like, Oh, this is false metal. Um, but that he got that entire band to move from Connecticut all the way to LA to try to make it big. They didn't make it big. And then he started working at tower records and learned about like beach boys and all that shit. And then Weezer came. Um, so that's like kind of my, my joke, semi-serious, why they're DIY because uh you know Def Leppard was kind of hair metal too so like and we already established that they're punk so <laughs> um but so I, the, I have to push back on Def Leppard being punk um and <laughs> well was, that's you're ableist so <laughs> <laughs> that's fine um but but then also the fact of like him being into metal and their metal influence making them more punk I feel of all music genres to like be into metal is the worst one to have a punk connection only because metalheads and punks have like a long standing sort of like hatred of each other. Even like, even though the music is so close, cause like for whatever stupid reason, if you told me you were really into pop, I still think you might be more punk than like a metalhead. Um, okay. <laughs> so like, I think that metal has a very good, like it, distinct punk connection but it's just because yeah. like i think it's like so metal came out before punk and punk was kind of like a derivative not like a derivative of metal but it was like kind of going on separately it was kind of like a different sort of thing and then it's it like, like the step but then like then like the Wait, then like the years. metal bands came together with the punk bands and started making like like thrash metal like slayer and stuff like that but like the bands yeah. that were existing before slayer were just like metal bands and then you have like punk bands but then it was like thrash metal and then now it's like basically if you were into metal now you were either into punk at one time or you're probably going to discover punk at another time be like oh i see the connections or at least hardcore and stuff like that um at the very least we all like power trip yeah yes (laughs) the, the uniting force of it all so um I have uh so I'll I'll go this is on my checklist okay so I have like okay band checklist so DIY the next one is uh for a band to be considered punk okay the music needs to either sound punk or be inspired by punk okay so this is where the Weezer kind of gets a little like a little weird so Iffy. one I don't think that they are very much inspired by punk I think that like 
let's listen to like you know the song like heart songs off of the red album um where he basically just like list off all of his like favorite bands and stuff like that there is only one kind of punk thing in there which is nirvana and like nirvana he just and like nirvana gets the biggest push so there that is like the thing about nirvana is like they were big but like and they were like kind of like from a punk scene uh but like I guess or I guess Nirvana's a punk band. Would you guys say Nirvana's a punk band? Oh yeah, hundred yes. percent. Okay, so, then, you can't so really that's argue why there's that. like that one. This record Every... is punk. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a punk record. <laughs> I mean, all I yeah. think maybe all of Nirvana is. Punk. Yeah, that's like their most punk record though. Yeah, he's pointing to Bleach for the audience at home. Bleach. Oh yeah, I didn't know <laughs> if they see the video or not. Sorry. <laughs> um, but like, so I that's my that's my main thing. They're mostly inspired by Iron Maiden, which a lot of other punk bands are inspired by Iron Maiden. Uh, and then also like um, I guess Def Leppard or uh, other hair metal. The, the Beatles and Beach Boys are the big Beatles and Beach Boys, which is also another thing that yeah. other punk bands take influence from too. Like the Ramones are basically just playing Beach Boys fast, um, yeah. and so which the Beach Boys is a punk band, but we can talk about that later. I would love to do that. <laughs> Pet Sounds is the one of the best records that ever has ever been released of all time. Yes, agreed. I think yeah. I mean, I actually. I, yeah fantastic i have yeah, a, certified beach boys is punk i have a poster of like this like weird lyrics thing for god only knows because i think it's like one of the most brilliant songs like ever written that rules yeah um yeah i mean not to be like they're they're south bay which is the area they they're from uh hawthorne <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so anyway so i i want to talk about like so okay so not quite inspired by punk now we're going to talk about sounds like punk. So we're going to have the punk qualities that Weezer does have. Okay. So I'm going to say they do have distorted and driving guitar. All right. Mm-hmm. Which is something that punk bands have distorted and driving guitar. Again, I think this is more inspired by hair metal than anything. Um, for the most part, they do have some shorter songs, uh, which again, in some, sometimes, you know, like their older stuff had a little bit like two or three minute, uh, kind of songs, but I think that's mostly inspired by pop more so than it's inspired by just like trying to write something as quick as possible or whatever. Yeah. Punk band, why ever punk bands are writing the short songs. And then the last one is like the vocals are like mildly. It, okay. It's, it's hard to explain. They're not Christine. He's always on key knows how to hold, like hold a tune. However, it's not like, like, unrelatable like some other like maybe like big huge verbose singing is it is kind of a little bit more like easily sing-alongable and kind of like you know more sound like something that like a anyone could sound like kind of like what punk bands kind of have to it like he's not trying to yeah. sound like a hair metal vocalist he's just trying to just like sing like a like a guy in his car would sing so yeah like he's just singing he sings functionally well yeah but like it's, he's not doing crazy like notes or anything insane. I, and maybe he has the capability, but he doesn't. He doesn't tend to go there much on his on the songs, which I think kind of like brings it down and kind of gives them that like that punk feel. Like I think that's why kind of people lump them into punk because it is kind of like accidentally that way because he's kind of doing things that punk bands do, like driving distorted guitars, um, and then singing kind of like in a relatable fashion. Um, that I think that kind of makes it uh, kind of makes it punk. So um, 
one thing I'll add to this. Um, I watched an interview with Rivers Cuomo yesterday uh, that he did uh, like earlier this month. So it was like maybe like 20 days ago on the uh, Zach Zhang show or something like that. I watched that interview as well. Yeah, first point, Zach Zhang, that dude, so fucking dorky. Yeah, absolute, he sucks. Absolute sucks. Um, nothing bad to say against him, and I'm sure he's a nice guy, but that, fuck off. Um, and then, <laughs> um, but on that interview, uh, Rivers is talking about Weezer and them starting up and stuff, and he wanted to be a metal band. Like, he wanted Weezer to be, like, a hard rock metal band, but it just wasn't cool in 94. So then he was like, oh, so we just did these, like, simple three chord stuff just because. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Like with the vibe of everything of just like decided to play that because it was more popular and stuff rather than being like a hard rock band in like the 93, 94 era. This brings me to my next checklist point, which is (laughs) does the band consider themselves punk band? Cause a band could not have any sound to punk. But if they just say we're a punk band, oftentimes I'll be like, well, touche, you know, like Minutemen. <laughs> I would say like Minutemen are a band that has sound absolutely like nothing like any other music. But people, but they just like, oh, we're we're a hardcore band. And everyone's like, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds we'll good. Give it to you. <laughs> you know, you're and, playing jazz right now, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like you have like you have Weezer. And so I I based around that interview, it is exactly what I was going to say. It seems like they just heard green day was getting big and we're like let's jump on that like or like whatever mm-hmm. like going on because i know i don't know where the albums came out but to me i think it's like they're both 94 so i guess that's a little cheating to say that they copied green day i don't think they copied it was green they didn't they there was did. a whole scene of bands that sounded like weezer in la in yeah the early 90s like uh another band is like that dog have you ever gotten into them mm-hmm um you guys should check them out it's uh it's like a female fronted band but they're like slept on and they sound like a lot of female punk bands that come out today on like spotify playlists but they're (laughs) like really really good and the songs they're like all daughters of a very famous composer and Mm -hmm. so they're all really smart with uh, music composition there's like a violin in it and shit but there's this whole scene of bands that sounded like that and they were all friends with each other and weezer was able to like harness that sound and commercialize it and that that sound is early pop punk yeah yeah like there's like pop punk turns from the weezer and that stuff into green day into blink 182 and so on and so forth yeah yeah like they're the pop end of the pop punk Mm -hmm. and like descendants is the punk part and then like put them together and you get like green day blink 182 all those sort of sort of other bands. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I will give oh. it that. Like, it is the Ramones thing of like the way that they are, the way that they're kind of playing. Like I said, I think of just like I think mostly just like the guitar is pretty like driving, and they do use like like pretty. They have a good tone that is like has a, that is like a punk tone, especially on Pinkerton. Like that's just like just dirty punk sounding the whole way through for some reason. Um, but like. Weezer have that sound, but they also are just like using that way that guitar sounds and then just playing like legitimate, like very just pop tunes. But I think that combination of it is why it's like pop punk. Like it's just like it's it's just like it's pop that's like through the punk that lens, is punk. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's it's such a funny like 
we've discussed pop punk so many times because it's such a fucked up word. Yeah. Because you can say a band is pop punk and they can sound like the Wonder Years. They can sound like the Descendants. They can sound like Weezer. They can sound like Spraynard and they can sound like Lagwagon. And all of those bands sound very different. Um, but they're all pop punk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're like, you know, they, that is like that early nineties sound is like the Genesis of pop punk. And like, you know, ska helped kind of like shape it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. but then like, you know, we get into the late nineties, early two thousands, it starts taking over everything. Yeah. But like that, that's the Genesis of that sound because like, that Weezer album comes out and like, yeah, it kind of has like some stuff that like Nirvana or um, uh, the Pixies were doing. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, it's very different. It clashes with it because that stuff's like kind of gritty and dirty. And this is like more of a polished version of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, that's like what's going to be one of my arguments that it's proto pop punk and not very much in the so. sense where like we're going back to the 80s and listening off bands back then but like the yeah. like genesis of that sound and then its evolution into blink 182 green day is the weezer sound yeah yeah absolutely i i fully Ian, do you have more on your checklist i i mean i have one more um, yeah and when do i get to do rebuttals to all of these checklists do it whenever you jump a... in jump in jump in on the jump okay. in on uh because i'm still on the diy thing you're still like you're still <laughs> i have like 12 things that i want to go over all right let's let's bring it back wrong. to diy i say why not let's go back let's come let's uh okay yeah so let's start yeah the first record they're trying to get signed they're trying to be famous they're trying to do all that shit right they don't do the metal band they start weezer blah 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 but Dude becomes disenfranchised with the touring life. Hates it. He's not a rock star. He's a fucking nerd. And he does Absolute not door. feel like he fits in with that industry. Which, guess what? Punk rock people feel the same way. They don't feel like they fit in with that industry. So you know what he does? He ends up like putting the band on a hiatus and goes to college. Which I don't know if going to college is punk rock. But like... Milo went to college. Yeah, but what he did was he just... <laughs> He went to college and he studied, he studied music because that like he wanted, he felt like what he was doing was like not smart enough and like wanted to kind of like bring more of artistry into it. And while he was there, he got surgery on his leg because one leg was longer than the other. And uh, so, you know, adjusting a body part again, punk rock, because we went over that earlier. But <laughs> he's a body mod. <laughs> body mod. He's, he's 25. He like got his dream and ended up learning that he hates it. And he's like trying to find women, blah, blah, blah. And like going through a lot of that. And so he ends up kicking out, he ends up writing a, a completely different record from Weezer before Pinkerton called Songs from the Black Hole, which was a rock opera um, that it, it consists of like some songs off Pinkerton but it's like, it's raw as fuck. And it's it's like a legendary album within the Weezer community of like how raw it is because it literally is a story. And we didn't get the full thing until maybe like 2014 era when like every single demo of it leaked. But he also, like that eventually turned into Pinkerton and they didn't bring in any fancy producer or anything for Pinkerton. They self-produced Pinkerton. 
that's very true and they didn't they didn't like make songs uh in mind with like this is going to be a radio single this isn't and i mean they had like el scorcho which is probably their most commercial song on that but like he was never playing he never went into it planning that he wanted it to be a record that had like a theme to it much like a pet sounds or a sergeant peppers he wanted he wanted something like that because he had been studying a lot of plays at the time and so i think defying your success of going uh triple platinum by the way uh and (laughs) and writing a record that you actually want to write and like uh doing that within itself i think it's kind of punk rock that's my last checkpoint yeah it's kind (laughs) of like what talk talk did you know they were a new wave band successful and then they were like fuck this and they accidentally invented post rock (laughs) yeah i have like make music regardless if popular if if we so that's a that's what a punk band does you know like these are like i said i'm not talking specifically about weezer this is what punk's band does and I think that, like, it's hard to say with Weezer exactly because I know he does – I know he has, like, spreadsheets of, like, pop songs and, like, trying to just – he has, like, an al- – trying to create an algorithm to create the perfect pop song. Um, yes. But, like, Pinkerton, on the other hand, is, like, not that. And I know that sometimes no. he is kind of writing music. Okay, where he's, like – I think that sometimes it's, like, fuck it, like, just try to write this and release he, – he's- he started out with a green album, by the way, just yeah. to give you context. Okay, but that's because, like, he was so... I Wasn't he, like, di- very disenfranchised after the release of Pinkerton? Like, that's, like, the, the story of Weezer is, like, he they want, were like, okay, fuck it, like, let's write Pinkerton. Like, and then, like, they yeah. wrote it, and then, like, it bombed, essentially. Everybody hated it for well, some reason, Well, the critics ripped crazy. it apart because they thought that lyrics were immature, and he thought he was writing from an earnest place. Yeah. And so, yeah. and it didn't do as well, and so, like, the record labels like he didn't care at the time but then when the record labels started coming down on him and he has a seven album uh agreement mm-hmm. with, with them it all started weighing on him and uh yeah and he he described it in an interview in like 2001 he felt like he got drunk at a party and said a bunch of crazy ass shit and then got sober and had to hear about what he did and felt embarrassed so that's yeah. the metaphor that he did <laughs> made for that um and like it's really funny to say that like the critics rip it apart as like immature lyrics i mean like because it is kind of but it is like very earnest and that's like i think like from a punk rock lens like you know you kind of like that's where i respect it but like holy shit are the lyrics like in the later albums sometimes pretty fucking immature like it's yes (laughs) like it's he's literally trying to write like a child like half the time um yeah I know, um, which is really funny, but like, the, I guess maybe the, he doesn't care about the critics say anymore. Like, I think that's another thing. Like, it is like he does make yes things no. regardless of whatever. He doesn't care what the critics say. Um, you know, pork and beans lays that all out for us loud and clear. But like, he like does like, but it is trying to write to a pop music. But he's like, I'm gonna try to write pop and write my perfect pop song, regardless of what you guys say is like attempting to write a perfect pop song. So yeah. a little punk cred there. Here's the yeah, other I, thing. Yeah, oh, go for it, Connor. Well, I was just going to say, uh, while, that, while it is punk, I feel like the same way, like just writing music constantly. And I feel like if Weezer was not famous and let's say after Pinkerton, if River just gave up and just became like, like a teacher, 
he'd probably still just be writing music and playing music today just because he has to, which is yeah, punk. Yeah. But part of it that I feel like makes it not very punk is he is objectively hyper-concerned with people liking yeah. his music. He is. He's obsessed like, with numbers. Yeah, needs to, needs to know that people like it, and when songs and records aren't received well, it like actively bothers him. And I actually have a clip from an interview where it's so... It's so weird. So um, this is an interview he did uh, in 2015, and it's right at the end, and the guy's uh, talking to him about um, how he can, like, come back and, like, how maybe the numbers don't really matter and stuff. And this is just, like, the last, like, 20 seconds of the interview. And uh, so it's a training in resilience because you have to just learn how to come back. And that is scalable off the cushion, and I'm hearing in what you're talking about with these reviews because you spend years working on a record. It's your baby. And people say nasty things about it, and you got to get over it somehow. You got to deal with it, and clearly you have because you keep doing more records. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I forgot to warn Johnny beforehand that w- when I play stuff, especially a YouTube video, sometimes it doesn't come through super well on our end, but on the recording, it's going to come through great. <laughs> oh shit! Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No worry at all. But um. Right on there, the guy's telling him basically like, oh, you know, like you can, it's okay. Like this is, you're just learning how to be self-resilient and get over it and like move past the bad critics. And then Rivers just kind of looks at the camera and goes, uh-huh. <laughs> Cause like, he's like, I'm never getting over this. I'm never, this is a forever problem that he just like can't get past. Is that the Larry King interview or was that the interview it's, where someone comes to his house? Um, I don't think. They might, I think they went yeah, to his house, yeah. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. I've it's seen like an every ABC interview. interview. I've seen every yeah. interview. <laughs> it looks like they're in his house. They're in like a weird little living room setup. But uh, yeah, Rivers just seems so just sort of like, yeah, no, man. This right after they wrote the White Album. Yeah. Rough album. It's all right. <laughs> White Album is awesome. Um, we'll get into that. Um, okay, so I have other arguments here too. Yeah, yeah. So after so Green Record comes out, it's it's a sterile ass album, right? He wrote it from the spreadsheets. He was doing fucking speed and shit, and was on drugs. Blah blah blah. He wanted a pop record that would sell, not very punk rock. I agree with that. But this is when I joined in with the fan the fandom. I'm like eighth grade freshman, very internet savvy. What they ended up doing, they had a forum on their website. And so for their fourth record, Maladroit, they put all their demos for the record online and had had fans able to listen and vote for the songs that were going to go on there and make suggestions. And so what they did was they put all these songs on there. We'd make suggestions. This is where I came in. I I like made suggestions. And like they would come back with other versions and then be like, okay, which ones are the best ones? And they like, they self-produced that record as well. And um, that process was very innovative technology or innovative for the time through, for technology because nobody was doing that in the early 2000s. And having your fans help you decide the track listing like that, kind of punk rock. Nobody, I, I haven't heard of any like artist that has, has done that back in the day. I don't so, think any fans would do that now. 
and i do yeah, like, yeah. It, it isn't it is not very desperate like oh i want to know what like what the people like so i can make the, this better but at the same time like there is that like idea of like what is it it's like, like community the, building almost yeah well you have like the death of the artist that comes out like within music that like that as soon as a, an art piece gets made it is then consumed by the people and it's no longer the artist but it is the the person the people who consume it and how they like view it and how they take it in and so like punk rock kind of like is very much about that where like you know the singer will be like you know like especially in hardcore where the singer's like you know the, this mic is yours like come come take it <laughs> like it's all like these these are all your songs and like weezer doing that of being like pretty much democratizing an, an entire album is like actually like really cool and like really punk even though it is like a very desperate attempt to try to get whatever the fans are liking from a punk sense it actually is like it it, it is that you know like it's that's cool i it, i support it, that. It, it, in in terms of DIY, really doing it yourself and just having people collab, I do that with my own stuff. I ask my followers, like, what should I cover? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you like? And stuff like that. And it's not a validation thing with me. It's more of like I'm interested in the feedback because I want to make myself a better artist. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the vibe that I got from it. I mean, granted, I was like in eighth grade and ninth grade. So yeah. Who knows but that was always the vibe that i got from it and it's it's not like yeah from a deep like if we want to say like diy that's like that seemed like pretty diy to me i very like yeah i agree like i i actually think that like i think that i would probably hear some people talk shit about that like i said from a people yeah. saying it's desperate but like if jeff rosenstock did that like everyone would be like oh he's revolutionizing music and democratizing uh, like like punk, you know, and like I think that like Weezer doing it is 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 relatively doing that. So I'm gonna give that respect to. Uh... And Rivers probably wrote the code to do that whole like website like questionnaire. <laughs> Not thing back too, then. He's a... No, uh, I'm just saying because he's such a fucking dork. He he <laughs> is a coder now, and if you go yeah. to his website and want to buy any of his demos, he coded that entire site. Um, but that only started the past like four years, but. There's also, there's one other thing I want to say here. Um, are you familiar with, and, and stay with me here, guys. Are you familiar uh, okay. with the Hootenanny Tour? No. So, around Red Album time, so 2007, Rivers grew a mustache and wore a cowboy hat, and he was in his eccentric phase. Yeah, um, that sucked. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Although I do like the greatest man and whoever lived, I like that song. But I uh, notes on that, yeah. <laughs> it's good song. But yeah, it's 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 basically their Bohemian Rhapsody. But um, at that time, people were clamoring for his demos, and so he released a trilogy of albums called the Alone series, and they're like his rough albums from his four tracks, his like digital recorders, his computer. It's all very raw, and uh, he he ended up like releasing these as series. But he went on tour to support it, and this is this was the tour. He went on tours to record stores, just him, and he said, "Everybody who comes, here are the tabs for every song that we're gonna play. Bring whatever instrument you want, and we're all gonna play the songs together." So if you go back and you watch these tours on YouTube. It's a room of like the nerdiest Weezer fans <laughs> playing every single instrument 
unrehearsed, but like doing a pretty good job and like playing all of these like deep cuts and like like favorite Weezer songs all together. And like he, it's it's the energy in that room is amazing because like he's really into it. He's wearing a conductor uniform because he's like the conductor of the the whole thing. <laughs> but everybody in there is like like super diehard and super into it and uh that's how he supported that was the tour he did to support that record which you know rivers cuomo is weezer so i would say that doing a doing a tour like that is kind of punk rock that is actually exceptionally sick i actually i think that is that is punk and i think that uh um to bring up jeff rosenstock again uh the early bomb the music industry days he would literally say to anyone if you want to come and bring an instrument and play the set with me you can and like they or just like maybe a song or something like that and people would do that on their like one of their last shows in california my friend went to him and was like hey can i play uh can i play stand-up bass on for live with bomb the music industry and he jeff rosenstock was like well i used to do that in the past no one's ever asked in a while but i'll let you do that and you know to me that's a very punk thing to do rivers cuomo doing it also i have to give it to him that's a very punk thing to do especially if it's just like at a record store which means it's probably free um maybe i think if usually i think it was yeah so it's a free show at record stores you can come in and play along with the band not just sing along with the band play along with the band um they were oh, the band he he didn't play yeah. anything yeah he he literally just had a microphone and relied on everybody to play the song all right that's and just a bunch of assholes sick. with poorly tuned acoustic nah, guitars from walmart it yeah. sounds way better than you think <laughs> that's like, bad i yeah. i remember what hearing about it and i was like this is gonna be garbage and then it was like the <laughs> most diehard people because they have a lot of fans and they have a lot of diehard fans. So the people that were able to get into these things were their diehards that didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give that's a, that's a punk respect. I, they just got a couple more points for me. Yeah. They're getting some points on that. Yeah, You're, you're winning us with some punks or punk points. (laughs) Yeah. Some punk points definitely going in the bin. Um, I think that was all the points that I had on DIY. Um, just now. DIY, not the the music and all the. Other. I mean, you were kind of they all were tied together to the other ones. I think, yeah. I think, definitely so. I think uh, while we, if we would have calculated this out and maybe did some points here and there that we agreed upon, um, I think it would actually be close to them being Weezer or Punk. Yeah, and and we're gonna get into all the records here in just a moment. I have three extraordinarily superficial things. Yeah. Um, about them that make them not punk. Okay. Um. Uh, Rivers Cuomo looks like a fucking loser most of the time. <laughs> that, that makes it punk. <laughs> uh, yo, everybody that I've ever known that has been in a punk band was a fucking loser in school and got bullied. And like their I mean, origins are those fucking people. This is very true. But in that interview that I just watched, so this is what he looks like like now. He has a mullet and like a weird mustache. It's and so I'm like, sick. He looks it's like so a computer upsetting. program from, from the 80s. <laughs> so, I think he looks awesome. <laughs> this, like I said, these are superficial. Um, one, he went to Harvard. So punk rock. You it's know not, who else went to Harvard? Conan who? O'Brien. Is Conan not O'Brien punk? punk? <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a you know you can be punk and go to Harvard, but you're losing some points. Yeah. Once your blood's blue, you lose a couple points. Okay. Um, and then um, 
they made the song Beverly Hills. <laughs> Which I that proved right is there. a punk song. Already. I mean, well, you proved to yourself. Um, um, <laughs> I, I still like to say that that song is about, is about class issues. And therefore, it kind of has a punk feel to it. So. Yeah, I was about to say. He complains. Ian, don't help. He makes fun of the Beverly Hills like thing. Yeah. I know it says that he like wants to live there, but he's it's like it's ironic. The whole song it's ironic, and he's making fun of all those people. Yeah. So I, which is kind of punk rock. That's not even the worst Weezer song. It's not, but it's, it's not. It's aggressive though. Uh, it's one of their worst. <laughs> it's definitely in the top five. Um, Maybe, but here now, I think I think it's about time that we really get into these records here. Let's fucking and, go. And so I have, I have here the the patented is it punk punko meter, where we rank records uh zero to ten on the punk scale. Um, and this is not whether they're good or not. This is just a matter of how punk they are. Okay. So like like a record like um, fucking, I let's say, uh, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds, great record, on the punk scale. Maybe like a four or five. Okay, so because we're, we're saying it's like, interesting, it does weird stuff, but it's not exactly punk. So like things so we're saying like Bieber good. is a zero, right? Like Justin Bieber yeah. a zero. Yes. And then like I don't know, like, Minor Threat ten. Okay, yeah, or like some fucking like Scrams split from New York City a ten or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anything Jerome's Dream did ten. Um, Hell yeah, nine. So. Uh, nine okay okay all i will kill you they're they're also one of my favorite bands um okay so we're gonna start we're gonna go chronological from first first record to now so Wait, we're starting at the, first the blue record? record yeah blue record. all right we're going the opposite way than we did for save today yeah because i wanted to go this way then you changed it and i didn't like that okay uh, <laughs> so blue came out in 1994 I have two bullet points for this. Undeniably great record. And it's like clearly influenced so many emo and pom punk bands like from today. And we've already talked about it a lot. This is clearly like, if not a punk record, a very, very close like punk adjacent record. I'm giving it six out of 10. Um, I have, uh, and I think you could argue a little high. I have but. basically the same thing. I fucking love these songs. I love this album. Um, and I think that it is like, I think after discussing it, um, it is like simultaneously, like it's not, it, they weren't trying to be a punk band, but it is like pulling from the exact same things that other punk bands were doing at the time that it just like ended up with the exact same sound exact same feel to it. So it has a pretty, uh, punk aspect to it. So I have a seven out of 10 for, uh, for blue album on the punk punk scale. And I didn't do any research or knew about the scale prior, so I'm going off. <laughs> That's how we like to head. do it. And I like being the third person to go, so I can formulate my opinions around yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah. so you guys don't hate me and like me. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So uh, I'm gonna have to agree uh, with the seven, uh, but for mainly the point that you made, Connor, uh, that it's influential, and it. And the point I made earlier that it is essentially a proto pop punk album, um, and helped shaped the the modern uh, pop punk of the two thousands to come. Uh, endless bands for that. All right, 
So that we're, I'm going to adjust the official score to a 6.5 out of 10 for the six oh. and two sevens. Then let's see. Now we got Pinkerton, 1996. Um, this is going to be biased. This is my favorite Weezer record. Mine too. Um, and it's potentially, I don't know if it's my top 10 records of all time, but definitely top 20. Whenever like, I cite. That would be a really hard list to make, but it's. Whenever I set like my favorite music um, or like favorite albums I love all the way through, I tend to list Pinkerton within there. That's very true. It's like I can listen to start to finish without without issue. There's no skips. There's no boring part. It's like it's good. And it's timeless, which yeah, is great. Very true. It's a record I can put on every single year and I still get the same enjoyment out of it. 100%. Yeah. This one I gave a 7 out of 10. You gave a seven out of ten, so yeah. I mean, it's it's like we said, it's self released. It's it's rough. It's grainy. People hated it. That makes it more punk. Yeah, yeah. and then they liked it afterwards. Exactly, very punk. Yeah, I think that um, it's fucking. It it has that fucking dirty tone the entire time. I forget that it's actually not as like so Weezer like the Blue Album. I could put it on the car with my family, and it's gonna be fine. Pinkerton, when I put it on the car with my family, I, I ended up realizing just how, like, just, like, like kind of not unlistenable, but kind of, like, hard to get into it actually kind of is. Like, it's not, like, it's not a full pop album. Like, I kind of think about it in my head. Like, it's actually, like, kind of hard to listen to. It's dirty. It has, like, emotional, some would say childish lyrics, but I think it, that's just what punk is. Punk can be very childish, and I think that it has that. Um it has just the all around cool sound. Some of the songs are like so fucking sick and driving, like tired of sex. Like that song, like rips. it has a breakdown in it. Yeah. I would yeah. say Punk. that's out. That song is like almost entirely one long breakdown. Like the way that, it, that it's, it's like played, like it, it almost like it just like breakdown after breakdown. Like it's like a, they have the punk beat in it too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Tonight yeah. I'm down on my knees. Yes. Oh yeah. And it, like oh, it gets when it picks up too. It gets faster. Like yeah. yeah. And then there's the breakdown at the end. Yes. And okay. that's like when the hardcore kids come out. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like hardcore bands cover that song. Like that's the that's yeah. that's that's how much that song is. Um, and that's a go-to for pop punk bands that are like a little heavier too. They they cover that song. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a common one to play. And I think the other songs on there too. Like even they're like they're like more happy pop like like what is it um what's the song that is like the not i mean why bother rips but the one that's like um like the good life is still just like a pure like pop punk song like in the way that it sounds even though it's their most like the poppiest one in the album i guess i know el scorcho is like their actual like pop song but then like good life is so fucking popping that that is like and sounds yeah. like a pop punk song. I gave Pinkerton an eight. I would also give it an eight. Um, it is, and then we can't forget the breakdown in uh, Pink Triangle, mm -hmm. um, where like the solos come in and like the solos. There's no other guitars. It's just the solos, and it sounds so raw and like you can feel like the emotion of the song. And like the two lines are like talking to each other, and there's just like a breath of beauty in that that is so raw. And like I always view Pinkerton as the Weez as Weezer trying to do the Pixies because it's dirty, 
like a Pixies record. Very true. And it's hard to get into like a Pixies record. Like they have their hits, but if you try to listen to like a Frank Black album, like it, you know, you have to give it a couple listens before you fully understand it. Yeah. And, you know, from other stuff, people hating it and the things that it did for emo in the 2000s, it wasn't. It wasn't like your sunny day. It wasn't like your mineral sort of emo that was popular at the time. But like then you have bands come up like Jimmy World and and stuff like that. And like the influence is literally there, like in interviews and to the point where it got them on the warp tour. Yeah. yeah. So and which and it's it's also like a bridge too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, warp tour in the nineties. We we have a three part episode plan to do about the Warp Tour, but Warp Tour in the '90s is pretty punk. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely also like a bridge where like you might hear Pinkerton because the Blue Album was popular. Then you then you start being like, "Ooh, what's this weird noise I like?" And then I, you hear like the Promise Ring, and you're like, "I like emo." I think I have to attribute Pinkerton and the Tony Hawk soundtracks for getting me into music beyond alternative rock. But like Pinkerton is a big one because like I hated that record when I was a kid when I first listened to it because I was a I was a blue I was a blue fanboy and then after like the third listen I I got it and I was like this is like I didn't know music could be like smarter you know yeah. uh yeah so it was it was a literal bridge for me um it's it's really All funny because right, like I so I listened to Blue Album as like in middle school and then like got older i we're gonna talk about green album not a fan but like the other things like they were the other things that were released and i just wasn't a fan of weezer and someone was like pinkerton's really good i'm like no there's no other good weezer besides the blue album like that's it and then i like just randomly decided to play it one day and i remember as soon as tired of sex started i was like whoa this is fucking cool because <laughs> it just like it's like it it comes in hard like in the bass it's like <laughs> and then the china hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah pinkerton it's it's a fucking punk album it sounds like a punk album yeah i'm adjusting my score we're gonna we're just gonna get this solid eight. solid eight eight out of ten and i would say um, it's their most punk record 100 percent for sure yeah there's no arguments yeah here on that so one. it's all downhill it's all downhill from Ooh, here. <laughs> we're taking a dive okay now we're now we have green 2001 um I think this is an okay record. I yeah. don't dislike it. I think it's perfectly serviceable. Um, and this is where Weezer becomes a pop band. Just a, they just become a pop band. A pure pop band. Um, yeah. But some of the songs still end up kind of going a little hard. Like there's a little, there's a little bit of stuff here. Um, I'm giving it a four out of ten. Um, I would, I yeah. would, yeah, yeah, go for it. Ian. I mean, I, I can't. You should probably talk about this because I. Uh, I don't like this album. I can't, I don't, I've listened to it maybe a couple times. I, it's hard for me to get into. I find Hashpipe so fucking unlistenable that like, <laughs> I can't listen to the rest of the album. Like, I just like, it like drives me wild that I know that it's just going to like come in at any moment. Like, I hate that song. <laughs> and so like, like the, knowing that that's on this album, I can't, I can't listen to it. I'm going to get, I have to do a null vote because I don't, I won't listen to it. So I can't vote. I'm not going to give it a zero because I don't think it deserves a zero as much as like, we'll talk the later albums deserve zeros. So like, I'm not going to speak on it, but like, 
I, I have to give a I have to step out on the Beominal to vote here. Okay, okay. <laughs> um so this album was a response to people hating Pinkerton. And so he came up with the spreadsheets. At this point, it was in binders. And he had isolated himself in a house and painted it all black and blacked out the windows and very did cool. drugs, which is very punk rock. <laughs> um, and, and so he conceived this album um, to basically make the blue album on steroids but what he ended up doing was he nullified it of emotions which gives it negative punk rock points in my opinion although it is a good record and to defend hashpipe i was a weezer fan when that song came out and a radio listener and it's it's basically like you know smells like teen spirit in in regards to it to, like people remember that just being everywhere and like it lost its meaning of a good song and just became one of those like tired radio songs to the oh, point yeah. where like people associate that with hating them. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really, really long time and distance from that to actually appreciate Hashpipe as a song. And I used to be just like you, Ian, and I hated Hashpipe, but now. I like that song, and I think it's one of their stronger songs on that record. Island in the Sun is their best song on that record. But, yeah. uh, and, but um, I would have to say I would give it a 3 out of 10. The okay. only, but I would give the B-sides, which are a must-listen, um, which is kind of more of the same formulaic stuff, but there's some good stuff in there. I'd give that a 4 out of 10. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we'll give it a we'll give it a three to five, a three point five out okay. of ten. We'll we'll meet there in the middle. Um, all right, moving along. One year later, we're post nine eleven now. The towers have come down. Shit. <laughs> Maldroit. Um, I have my notes here. The keep fishing music video is fun. <laughs> um, and the uh, it's just kind of like a forgettable rock record to me. Um, I know that this is going to hit Johnny hard, I feel, but mm -hmm. to me, two out of 10. Ooh, you gave, Ooh, but you, I did not know about think, this. You think green album like, is more punk than Maladroit? I, these aren't, I don't have good defensible arguments for this, but I will say I didn't know about the, uh, like the music, like the website thing where people were choosing how this is made and all that sort of stuff. So like I am changing my vote now to a four out of 10 on this one, because that's such like an interesting, cool idea about it. Um, that gives it some points to me, but overall I think the music is just sort of like kind of forgettable. Like I listened to the record three times and I thought I had only listened to it twice. And I, like I fully forgot that I had listened to it one other time this week. <laughs> um, so when we had to, when we had to, um, research for this podcast um the, the, there's a lot i had to listen to being that i didn't really explore their music in like many ways so like sometimes i just knew the hits sometimes i just knew like maybe someone told me there's a high point on a certain album i'd listen to it this is the first time i've ever listened to this record yeah just saying so <laughs> i mostly tackled the shit in the middle for some reason that was like I, that's where i was like listening that was like my whole listen and i neglected to listen to this once in this research thing 
Um, I neglected, I've listened to it a couple times. I have nothing memorable to say. This is going to be another null vote for me. But I will say, after that discussion about the democratization of it, I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I like that. I liked that a lot. So I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. Because it is, we're talking about punk. So I don't need to listen to it to be able to vote <laughs> on whether or not this is a punk record or not. So I'm giving it a That's 5 very out of true. 10. Solid. So what I like about this record is it came out within a year of Green Album. And it sounds, it sounds like Green Album, but it sounds like they wanted to put like more emotion into it. But it is their mature hard rock album and so it's it's more riffy than Mm -hmm. uh just like like raw um and it's it's produced decently and while i understand that it's it's forgettable like there are some parts on this album that uh are pretty punk to me like the the opening song american gigolo um it has some parts where it's like fast and there's like some cool different uh variations with the, the drums that are like that go into halftime and they have the fucking the butat butat in there with uh some of the stuff it kind of reminds me of like like a dad's version of tired of sex <laughs> um but just more mature but i would say it you know what makes it punk is that uh the way that they came out with it and how it is in response to everybody saying that the green album was devoid of emotion and it was very formulaic and so their song structures are a little bit different are a lot different and to do that within a year i think is really cool and to kind of like get back to their their like creativity roots so i would give it about a five out of ten all right so then i think we can give this one a solid 4.5 without much argument I mean, five there. 5 plus 5 plus 4 divided by 2. Wait, but divided by 3. Um, it's 14 divided by 3 is going to be... You're a math teacher, Ian. This should be faster. It's going to be that, you know, 4.75. Yeah, we're going to stick with 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I am too. All right. So now we're on to make-believe. 2005. Um, Wikipedia calls this like on Wikipedia. If you look at all these records, a lot of them they have like five genres because, as we talked about, Weezer's like a weird band. Uh-huh. So like, I think like Pinkerton it said it was lo-fi, emo, pop punk, alt rock, or something like That's... that. Never mind. I'm not gonna. And so it's it. like it's somewhere in the middle of all those. But then when you look at Make Believe, it just calls it pop punk, which I just thought was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it is not pop um, punk because it is a pop record. That has guitars. So I guess in that sense, it's pop punk. It's pop rock. Um, yeah. And this record has Beverly Hills on it. So this is a zero that's out of ten. Your, that's, you really hate this song. <laughs> it's gimme, it's gimme. dog shit. It's absolute dog shit. Um, and the rest of the songs are also kind of lame. Like um, They're forgettable. Where is that? Uh, fuck. We, we're all on drugs. I listened to that like maybe 10 minutes before we like started the pod yeah. today and I was like yeah this is not give good. me some of that stuff yeah <laughs> I remember that being on the radio and even as a kid like cringing like I was like yeah. 2005 I'm uh what am I 14 like yeah. and I'm still like oh my gosh come on guys let's uh yeah, we could do better we than can this. do better than this um so I uh bad album 
Uh, but I will say, I will want to bring out some good tracks. When I was a kid, I loved Perfect Situation. I thought that was a very... It's a good, it's a good song. I thought that's a... It's a really good pop song. It's really, it's like really enjoyable. And then also a deeper cut on there is My Best Friend. That's, I think, a pop punk song. Um, yeah. I like by sound, I don't, didn't focus on the lyrics, but the, it's kind of a, it's a balancing song. I don't know. I can't, can't really say anything else. Is it a, it punk- has a post rock moment at the end of it too. Yeah. Um, so because of those, I'm going to maybe give it a two out of 10. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm giving it a two, whatever. So I hate this record. It's <laughs> produced. Yeah. It's produced by Rick Rubin, so you'd think it'd be more punk since he was punk in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's produced by Rick Rubin, which is why it sounds the way it is. Uh, and what I hate about it is Weezer went from writing to their core fan base to just writing. They wanted 14-year-olds to buy their albums. They wanted, they wanted a Grammy with They this. wanted you, who was cringing at it, to buy it. <laughs> so, like... They failed because if you try to write stuff to appeal to 14 year olds, you're going to see through your bullshit. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, they failed at it. And while there are some songs on it, I just hate the record. And uh, the only song that I really like on it is haunt you every day because they wrote three albums worth of demos between Maladroit and that it's called album five demos. And one of those albums in there sounds like Haunt You Every Day, which is kind of like a melodramatic um, sort of like, uh, it's almost Baroque in a, in a sense. Not the version that they put on the record, but the original one is very more Baroque. And like the whole entire demo of demo album of all that stuff, it's very like sad. Um, but it has this sheen to it that is hard to ignore that is not punk at all so it seemed like he was trying to write a Pinkerton record that was like very clean and scrapped it for whatever Rick Rubin was like telling him to do um so I would have to give this record a one out of ten on the punk rock scale yeah so we can meet in the middle and give it a one yes it's a solid Uh, one I, I I I've been I felt the two was a little dramatic to give it that just because it was two songs <laughs> I liked. So I gave it two. <laughs> you give it two. Makes sense. Um, of one. Yeah. Um, one works. All right. So now moving on to red oh, 2008. God. Um, so this is funny cause I've, I'm looking at both your faces and I feel like you, both of you are going to hate this one. Um, I'm saying this is, this is a two out of 10 for me. Um, and I feel like this is, I so I wrote that it's a return to form kind of in a way where like Blue Album and like Pinkerton and stuff I think are the best, but then when they I count Green Album forward as a different band, um, <clears throat> and I think they work best as like a power pop band, and that's what this record feels like. They're not pop punk; they're more just like a power poppy, and they're that's what they're trying to do. Um, and it, I feel like the highs are a little higher. And the lows are not as bad. Um, yeah. Um, <coughs> what would you rate it on a punk scale? I was, I, I was saying... T- two, right? Two out of ten, but I could, I could see a one. So, Ooh. I enjoyed this record um, a little bit more than I remembered on, re- on re-listen. 
Um, I, as we talked about greatest man that ever lived, uh, I, that's a cool song. Like, I think, uh, it's, it's really good. Troublemakers fun. Pork and beans is fun. Uh, lyrically maybe kind of punk. Um, but most part pretty pretty dumb, but it's cool. I I don't know. It's a, it has that. It's good to be dumb. Huh? It's good to be. Yeah. Lyric. Yeah. Um, cool. The lyrics are absolutely punk. Yeah. In Um, pork and beans. Yeah. So, but it's not um, a lot of it is like to me like kind of trying to sound more rebellious than it actually kind of is like on pork and beans, but it, <laughs> it like it, it does have that feel to it. But um, and especially with like songs like Troublemaker and stuff like that, and then I feel like it kind of like loses me at the back half of the album. Like the first chunk of it is like so like poppy and fun, and then it kind of like gets a little bit different um, at the end. Um, so. It, it it was all right. I gave this one a two as well, out of ten for punk. Okay. Okay. So here's my arguments for why uh, it's a little bit more punk than you guys think. So this album is in response to like make believe because they had big hits off of that, some of their biggest hits. But they were like sick of the record labels at that point, so they write pork and beans, which essentially is the pop single from that which is kind of ironic but uh the reason it's punk is you have a song like the greatest man on there which is seven minutes long and there's not there is a chorus but it's built in a way like bohemian rhapsody and it travels different genres including punk rock it it does country it does rap it does all of the different genres it's hokey as fuck but when it all comes together and it ends in that crescendo at the end with the the, cor- the choir going into the punk part. It is an amazing song. And that song gives it like a very punk edge. The other thing that gives this a punk edge, besides him wearing a cowboy hat and having a mustache through this era. Very true, very true. Is he let every single band member write a song on this record, which he relinquished his writing and gave it to everybody in the band and everybody in the band had a had a moment on there and was and they like were an actual band writing songs together rather than him writing the songs for them and i think that is pretty punk to relinquish that so late in a career at, and off a successful record going into your next one that i would have to give this record uh a three to four out of 10, but I hate half of this record. Any of the songs that are written by, not written by Rivers are garbage. I hate Troublemaker. Um, but I like all of, I, I hate that song with a passion. It sounds like some fucking Darkwing Duck intro or like some cartoon. And um, the rules. But uh, I like all of the other songs and I like the, deluxe editions uh bonus songs like miss sweeney pig and uh like king King. yeah and king which is a river's written song but it's sang by their bassist scott so that was the one that the band members collaborated the most on so four out of ten yeah i forgot that that was a thing and i remember listening to them and then like uh, i'm listening to king specifically and be like man this this cannot be rivers. Like what's happening right now. And then I went to the Wikipedia. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they changed, which is cool. Um, so yeah, we'll give this a three out of 10. Got two twos and saying three, four. So we'll, we'll do three. 
Um, so now we got Ratitude, 2009. Love the name. It's fun. We're giving it a zero, though. <laughs> just, I don't need a reason. Um, okay, so. It's just bad. I'm going to be honest. The single hit on this one is a fucking banger to me. I fucking love it. It's so good. Like it's it's always grabbed me. I've never like and then even now I'm like like my optimism phase of being an adult. I still listen to it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a fucking this is a good little pop jam. Um Did but, you say poptimism? Yeah. That is a fucking cool word and I'm using that. Yeah. You. <laughs> you never heard that word? No, that's sick. And yeah. like I have poptimism. Yeah. I argue for it all the time in my adult. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Once you hit 27, you just suddenly like pop music, no matter what you're into. That's yeah. So sick. Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. You, I mean, I mean, cool good word. music is good music. See, it's hard to deny when something you know when something's intentionally trying to sound good. It's and it it will you know like even if it is kind of stupid. Like if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to. I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a banger. But the rest of the album is fucking stupid. There's a little Wayne guest spot on here too. Which is the, one of the worst moments of their career. Their worst song. Yeah, um, one of the worst moments of 2009. So it's 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 bad. Um, I'm gonna give it a zero out of ten as well, on a punk scale. So this album's really sad, and it was a really really hard time to be a Weezer fan. Because they came out with Red Album, and I didn't like that album when it came out. And I was like, okay, well, he just released all of the demos, and maybe he'll come out with a really cool album. He did the exact opposite. Before, if you want to say make-believe he was writing for 14-year-olds, this he was writing for, like, 11-year-olds and 10-year-olds. <laughs> and it is – but, like, nobody wanted this record. No, Like, nobody – I don't know who he wrote this for, but he was trying to tap into the – very dated pop sensibilities of 2009 and it it was absolute garbage trash overproduced their fucking album cover is a dated ass meme of a dog jumping in the air and they were like we like that meme that's very cool here in 2009 land let's stick it on an album <laughs> um and it, it's just it's like they used to be known for being ironic and funny from like an uh, intellectual part and that's like the blue album right this is like they're trying to be ironic and funny to sell like power ranger dolls and shit like <laughs> this is like the most homogenized version of weezer and i have to give it a zero out of ten on the punk rock scale yeah this one this one kind of sucks absolute dog shit there's no, there's no, not much redeeming you could do on this. When I was rating it on my Instagram stuff, and I was giving notes on everything, I didn't pick, I didn't pick a song on that record. They're all yeah, trash. I saw that. And you know what's heartbreaking too, man? So "Can't Stop Partying" is the song that Lil Wayne's on, right? And if you listen to the, it, he released it on the Alone series, and mm. if you listen to it, it's an acoustic song, and it sang very like, like butterfly. And when you listen to that track in that like lo-fi way, in that way, the the uh, irony of him singing it, it's very old school Weezer and it clicks. It's a different song and it's a good song. But then you produce it and you put Lil Wayne on it. It's Weezer and it's Wheezy Bitches. 
It's terrible. <laughs> and like that being a fan, I was 21 when this came out and it was the most heartbreaking thing. That was <laughs> the moment where I wanted to give up being a Weezer fan. No one would have blamed you. <laughs> and then right after that, 2010, we got Hurley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what a choice for not only the name of the record, the album art, just such a so weird. I don't I don't fully get it. Um, they were they're jokey guys. Yeah. Just such a such a strange thing. Eight records in, you're like, eh, fuck it. We'll just name this Hurley. Moving along. Um, <laughs> so Memories is an undeniably catchy song. And like when I hear it, it gets stuck in my head for like a few days. Um, he screams in the bridge it. too. Yeah. And that's I do hate it though. <laughs> Probably because I played it a lot on uh, Guitar Hero or whatever. It was on Guitar Hero or Rock Band. I forget which one, but... <clears throat> Yeah, it's uh, it's for sure better, I think, than Ratitude. Yes. But I'm giving it a one. Um, I I actually enjoyed this record. Like, on this listen, I was I was actually like, I talked shit about it in the group chat when we first started. Of like, oh, now I have to fucking <laughs> listen to Hurley, and then I listened to it. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of good. <laughs> like, I was like, there's a lot of like really fun. Just it's a a lot of fun pop on it that it is like pretty consistently there like it is like it is i i think like it's not like they don't get too stupid to me like they it definitely is like either just going to be like straight up pop or it's going to just be like and like good and fun or it's just gonna be boring pop like it's not like nothing like that special to it but it's not like unlistenable although where's my sex kind of is but then i actually like it then like it has parts to it that just like come up again like that are really like punk sounding and i'm like okay well now i like this one part of this whole song so now i have to like the entire that song. song that song is about uh socks he changed socks to sex and it's from his son he's quoting his son so it's <laughs> written from his it's written from his son's perspective originally yeah um I, that's so weird it's it's interesting <laughs> it's, weird. A, it's a weird it's a weird song like i couldn't as first i heard it and i was like gonna like texted to Connor and be like, look at this fucking bullshit. And then like it kept going <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like there's a cool there's cool moments in that song. Um so I like that song and then I think the other song that I really enjoyed on there was like um I mean Memories is obviously pretty good. Uh I think it was Unspoken. Maybe Unspoken. It's or, the one that starts out acoustic and then gets heavy at the end. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. It's a good, good record. Memories is a fun song too. Like just good pop. It's good. It's a, it's a decent album. I gave it a three out of ten on the <clears> punk <throat> scale because some of those guitar moments sound like a punk, sound like punk to me. So, so, Ratitude was their last record for their uh, for Geffen, and then they were an indie band. <laughs> they were independent, <laughs> uh, and this record is on Epitaph Records, by the way. Oh yeah, which is that's why I got one point for me. Oh, so up the point. <laughs> so they didn't, they could make any record that they wanted to, and they made Hurley, which I'm okay with. Like, I like this record. I never choose to put it on. I only like pick certain songs that I like off of it. But like, 
it's not one of my favorites. But um, what I like about this record is they return to being like a little bit more intelligent on this record. Uh, because, it, you know, when you do something like Ratitude and you fuck yourself over like that, like let's say you overdose on crack, right? And you're trying to get your <laughs> life back together. Like Hurley is the, the thing, like you're a year sober and you're like trying to make do with what you have. So maybe like you lost all your jobs and you're working like a shitty job, but like you're trying to make an honest living for yourself. And that's kind of how I view Hurley. And um, you're, you're just giving it your all. Yeah. And so <laughs> what I don't like about this record is a lot of the songs sound like late 90s pop rock. And it has that feel like, like ruling me and uh, hang on. It sounds like they sound like songs that would be, would have been written for pop rock in the late nineties. And I'm not talking pop rock. I'm talking like, like the wallflowers, like one headlight or like, uh, <laughs> or um, uh, closing time. Blah blah blah. It, a lot of the sound songs sound like they belong in that. And as that a Weezer period, fan yeah. in this, I was like, okay, they've like totally lost it, and like they're just writing shit like this. And what's funny is one of those songs is co-written by the dude from the Closing Time band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Semisonic. Um, and so, so there's not a lot of uh, punk moments on here. Uh, I really like Ruling Me because it's a very pretty song and uh, it has like flutes and shit and then it gets really hard at the end and that feels like classic Weezer at the end to me. And Time Flies is was recorded on like like really shitty equipment, which is kind of it, DIY. And so like when you listen to it, it sounds terrible and like with the other songs, but it's recorded DIY, so it gives it a punk rock edge. So I would have to give Hurley a 3 out of 10 on the punk rock scale. All right. Ian, would you give it? I gave it a, I gave it a 3 as well. Okay. We'll give, we'll give this a, a 2.5 then. I hope you overall. guys don't mind me going in depth on the histories of these things just because I'm an oh, no, expert We need that. It. Yeah. Okay, good. We, that's, we literally need that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, all of my opinions are based off of um, most most of these listening to the first time in the last two weeks, and then just me making blind decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gut gut reaction. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, everything will be all right in the end. Twenty fourteen. First time I had ever listened to this was two days ago, um, <laughs> and where's my notes about this? <laughs> Um, I, it had some like cool metal riffs throughout like the whole album where like a lot of the songs it felt. And so this was like four years after Hurley. And so I don't know the history in between here. I imagine Johnny will let us know, but I I feel like they, they came back to make this record. And maybe this is when the time when they were like, you know what? You're going to like, dude. And with your job, you're going to love the history behind this. (laughs) <laughs> they're like you know what let's we're, we're getting it we're just gonna go back to our metal roots because we're all like metal guys now let's do that um which is pretty cool um but over on the punk scale i don't know shit about it other than cool metal riffs so i'm giving it a two out of ten um so 
Um, I I had a hard time listening to this album. I don't no reason why. I think maybe I will. They I bet I hope maybe I'm about to get uh, Johnny Splained into uh, enjoying it. Um, <laughs> but I gave it a three out of ten because there's a song with the uh, the girl from Best Coast on here, and Best Coast is a punk band. So uh, because they have a punk, uh, someone from a punk band on here, I'm giving it a three out of ten for that. That song is um, what song is that? Uh, 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 it's go away. Go away. Yeah, yeah. So good song too. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. Yeah. So All right, so Johnny explain us. Let's go. So they uh, it took they. What I like about this album, it's a return to form. And not necessarily like they sound like the Blue Album, but it's a return to like the guys behind Weezer that we like, that that are exploring different things, trying new stuff, but it doesn't sound like too cheesy or they're trying to like get on the radio. Um, the interesting thing about this is that it's their first, I think this was on Republic Records, I want to say. Or it might be the first Crush Records album. I want to say it's on Republic, but um, they're on major label for this one. But uh, It's on, on Republic. It's on Republic, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, they're on major labels, but they can do whatever they want, basically, because they're Weezer, and they're a legacy rock band that is, like, huge. So uh, the interesting thing is they did take a hiatus to, to return to form, and while he did that, he wrote a concept record. It's called Echo Home. And it is about US history and world history. <laughs> okay. And so he wrote songs about colonial times on there. He wrote stuff about uh, like French history and things of that nature. And it's very like, it's very romantic in that sense where everything applies to like these historical figures in time, including a couple, and a lot of these tracks ended up coming onto everything will be all right in the end, like um, the song about Paul Revere on there, uh, the British are coming. Um, and uh, yeah, and those demos, we just got those as fans back in uh, dis- uh, December. And they're amazing. They're amazing demos. And like, I go back and listen to those uh, every couple weeks here um but uh yeah this this record everything will be all right in in the end is a concept record and much much like pinkerton is a concept record so it has two concepts the first concept is about them doing the ratitude era and selling out on their fans and wanting to like apologize for that and apologize that they lost their way and like and they're and they're literal and meta about it on the record like back to the shack that's literally what that song is about and even the next song is about you know uh it is meta about them they have a song about an aging rock band which on this record that the aging rock band that they're talking about is called the astronauts which is mentioned in the first song but uh the astronauts is weezer and that so- that third song on there, which was co-written with the guy from, um, uh, I be- what's that song? I believe in a thing called love. Um, oh fuck! What the hell is that band called? The something. The darkness. The darkness. The darkness. 
So that song's co-written from the guy from the darkness. That explains the metal riffs too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that, so, uh, they're talking about just being an aging band and just like fucking up and forgetting about their fans. The other thing is, uh, there's a parental uh, theme to uh, throughout the whole thing of um, like a bad relationship between a father and a daughter or a father and a son. And it, it all of these intertwine uh, because the father is Weezer and the daughter and son are the fans. And so like you have songs towards the end, like forgive your foolish father. They're talking about themselves. And this is the entire record, which is really cool. So when you listen to it from that stance, it's it's very it's a very enjoyable listen. And there are moments on this this record that sound like old school Weezer, like the shit that we've missed for like four to five records, you know, um, like Go Away is solid. Uh, yeah, just like a ton of different things. And there's also Weezer experimenting with stuff that they've never done in their career. Um, and the fact that it ends with a three part, uh, 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 medley of just instrumental, like guitar soloing arena rock shit is like, is great because like, they were like, Hey, throughout the whole record, we are sorry. And here is like something fucking crazy for all of you that have been <laughs> wanting this for years. And so it as a fan to me who is ready to give up on Weezer it felt like an apology letter and I really love this record so for it being punk the only thing that really like gives it punk is like it's not trying to sell to the radios it's really speaking to the fans um and while they are on a major label they're not like on the on the label for the wrong reasons they're now legacy bands so, they have to be on a major record. Like, yeah, they're, they're always not, going weird. to because they're always going to sell well. So um, with that, I would say that this record is 5 out of 10, punk rock. 5 out of 10? Ian, what'd you give you it? I gave it a 3. I gave it a 2. I'll say 3.5 on this guy. Okay, good quick math. That's... That, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's gut. That's not math. That's just my gut. And that's also why my math teachers when I was younger were like, show your work. And I was like, I don't, I fucking can't, dude. I'm guessing. <laughs> um. All right. Now we are on to the 10th full length, which is crazy Um. that there's this many. But the White Album, 2016. My one singular note for this is... Thank God for girls makes you want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Zero out of ten. Um. Okay. So <laughs> Johnny's shaking his head. Okay. So people, when this album came out, said it was a return to the the classic Weezer sound, um, which I hear in parts of this record, and then absolutely do not hear in other parts of the record. Um, I think that the opening track. Um, what it was, a California Kids or whatever, good song. Yeah, uh, I like King of the World a lot, and then Friend of a Friend is also has that to me that classic kind of Weezer power pop sound going to it, which is technically not on the album. Oh, okay, is that is it, it, it's is, part of the deluxe? It's part of the deluxe. Okay, that probably is why. <laughs> um, anyway, but but 
Connor Connor's right. That God bless for girls song is it, it ruins the it's, record. It's it does. I I really think it does. And the fact that it was like their single to it too, or I, I yeah. think yeah. it was, is pretty embarrassing to me. This is like you go on a date and like you're having a great time. You have you order the apps. It's working out great. Uh, you decided to get uh like a shrimp cocktail thing as like an app for some reason, and you're like that seems fun, but like it's like undercooked and you don't realize and you eat it all. And then like later on the date, you just like have diarrhea and like the date's ruined because you're covered in diarrhea and then it's over. That's what that song is to me. Yeah. It'd be like if you (laughs) went on a date with a girl and midway through, she told you her favorite Weezer song was God bless for girls. God, (laughs) Um, which would uh, completely ruin the whole date. Anyway, I got a three out of 10 on this one uh, for that. So, I agree that Thank God for Girls is the worst song on the record. And when it came out, I cringed a lot. But it's one of those songs, much like Hashpipe, that grew on me, especially in the context of the record. So, like, I understand if you've only heard it, like, once or twice. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's Garbo. I understand that. It, it's one of those ones where, like, you, like, I sometimes skip it. It's aggressively off-putting. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> But it is also very unique to the Weezer um, catalog, and the lyrics are very unique. Uh, but you know what I hate about it? It sounds like how bands try to get quirky in the 90s. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, a fucking weird alternative uh, cake song. It reminds me of, like, it's this like fucking... The, it's like peaches. Like a goofy cake... Yeah, like a goofy cake song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it's terrible. But... The, the highlights of this record really rounded out for me. Like, California Kids is returned to form. The chorus rips off saying ain't so, but it's, like, done in a way where it's, like, great. And it was originally recorded for his Japanese band. If you didn't know, Rivers has a Japanese band called Scott and Rivers. And that band is fucking sick. It is just J-pop with uh, distorted guitars, and I'm a huge J-pop fan. And it is fucking awesome. So I would definitely recommend checking out uh, Scott and Rivers. Um, um, and it, it's all Japanese. Real, real, huge, yeah. huge just turn side note. That, uh, do you like Kiro Kiro Benito? I love, love him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's when you say pop music or like J-pop with like distorted guitars. I know that that band's a little bit different than that, but like that's what I thought. So it's, it's somewhere between like uh, the Pom Pom song. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. Pom Pom, blah, blah, blah. Somewhere between there and Baby Metal. Okay. Vibin'. Which I, I love Baby Metal. Yeah. Don't even get me started. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, California Kids is sick. Wind in Our Sail is perfect. Like nice, cheery, like upbeat thing. And you're right, Ian. Like it is a return to form in my sense, and it's the best thing that they put out since Pinkerton. But it is also like they tried different, they tried newer things. Mm-hmm. And like when in my when in our sales sounds like it should be coming from them. There's nothing offensive about it. There's like it's a good song. Thank God for Girls is terrible. I wish that they cut it and replaced it with one of the deluxe songs. Um, uh, Girl, we got a good thing. Sounds like when in our sales, but it's still a good song. But like when they start getting to like, do you want to get high? That's when the record starts getting really good. That sounds like a B side that was left off for Pinkerton, which is like, it's a, it's a fantastic song. 
um, about his times in 2001 making the green record. Um, and then you have King of the World, which is just like, it's a song about uh, him. Um, it's, a, it's a love song to his wife, which is the first time he's ever written about his wife. So he's finally like not writing about being a teenager in love. He's like actually writing about his life yeah, and how his wife grew up in a shitty abusive house and how he wishes that he could just like, like make the world better for her. And I really like that song because it doesn't sound deep at first, but when you know that and you listen to it, you're like, holy shit, this is like kind of a dark song. Um, LA Girls is mm, beautiful. That is classic Weezer. It reminds me of Suzanne, the B-sides from, uh, from Blue Record. And it is like, that could have been on the Blue Record and, and fit in there. Like, and I'd be like, that's part of the record. Um, and Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory is like one of my favorite songs from that record. It's just like, it's just classic driving, but he does the key change. But anyways, I'm reviewing the record instead of saying why it's punk. Um, <laughs> and I love, I love Endless Bummer and all that. And I love uh, Prom Night, which is a B, which is a Japanese B-side only from this. It is one of their hardest songs that they've ever written. Because at the end, there's literally a breakdown where he tells people to mosh, which is kind of <laughs> cheesy, but it fits the song. But it's like, it's a pretty hardcore song. But this album, it's about the beach. It's about just being in California, being on the beach. Um, and even though it's a return to form, there's nothing too punk about it, except like they're not being like too cheesy. So I'm going to have to give it like a three out of 10. I do want to say that when it came out, I actually very much enjoyed this. It was just like the first Weezer album I listened to when it released and was like kind of excited about it and like was listening. I listened to it multiple times. It's it's actually it's a good it's a good Weezer album, especially good later Weezer album, um, especially. Um, it's their I third feel like best. I have to recuse. I feel like I have to recuse my vote on this one. <laughs> Because I was so put off by <laughs> the one song where I just couldn't get past it. But Ian, what would you give? I gave it? it a three as well. You gave it both gave it a three. This this is a solid three every, ski and one I'll listen to tomorrow. On on every at a punk on a punk scale, I think on a good on an album scale, I would probably give it around a seven or an eight. Like actually, like a d- decent record. Yeah, no, it is fantastic. And you know, with what every Weezer record, there's. They gave it a low record, but uh, Fantano gave it a high record, or a high. He's the one that really matters. Yeah, Pitchfork, fuck that. But Fantano yeah. tells us how we feel about records, so and he's he told right. me that it was good. I listened um, to. I actually <laughs> uh, to like part of like my preparing for this is I watched his like breakdown of album to album of uh, yeah. of Weezer. Um, like he 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 rates them like the scale, like from uh, I think he I think. I think he was at Black Album. I think is when it came out, and he did like the best Weezer albums in order. Like he gave his I've order. I've seen that twice. Yeah, that video. And uh, I- I'm gonna have to watch that. I didn't know that ha- that existed. Yeah. Um, and it, it made me like listen to certain things, and and just so I'd be able to talk Weezer. Not sound like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in I, in my like, I think it's the third best record. Okay. Actually, I can well, see it. yeah, yeah. Besides, oh, okay, human is tied with that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So now we're at uh, 
2017. Pacific Daydream. Um, yeah. I got a got a big fat zero on this guy also. Um it just to me, it sounds like 2017 pop music. Like everything it just it's so crisp and polished and I, I there's no way that my dumbass can really articulate it but there's like parts of this that just sound like a like a any other top 40 song like you could pull like the weekend and like you could tell me like that oh this is a song by the weekend and play like a five second clip and i wouldn't except know. like i would say that's a disservice to the weekend uh to <laughs> i am i am taking a jab at the weekend a little um bit. <laughs> Yeah, this is zero. There's nothing punk about this. I feel like uh, I don't know if I could discuss anything anything of merit. I didn't listen to it all the way through. I got pretty uh, bored with it. It bummed me out. Um, <laughs> and uh, it didn't seem worth it to really deep dive into. So zero out of ten on the punk scale. I think an enjoyment record, a, a zero out of ten as well. This album in the Weezerverse for us Weezer hardcores is the 2010s make-believe. <laughs> while it do- while it doesn't have something as offensive as Beverly Hills on it, when Feels Like Summer came out, it was it was hard for Weezer fans because we had just had two records that hardcore Weezer fans universally loved, and it, like everything will be all right in the end. White album, it felt like they were a new band. They they're on their third wave, and they were like, they're they're coming they're coming up, and they're gonna just give us some nice solid records. And then this record comes out, and while I actually like this record, it what I don't like about it is, like, who the fuck were they writing it for? It seems like they were trying to make a pop rock album, right? But there's no pop rock anymore. Like, especially in 2017, it doesn't exist. So I don't know what they were trying to do. I felt like maybe they were trying to do, like, a Maroon 5 thing where they like started as a rock band and then turned into like a pop thing. But like, and then it's kind of mixed with like uh, the indie like psychedelic thing that was like a little bit bigger around there. Like a, like a very, very light Tame Impala influence with some of that yeah. stuff where it's like washy and stuff. It also um, kind of sounds like that last Fall Out Boy record where they just yeah. like became like a pop band. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Which they're all going on tour together this summer green and I day had yeah for Fall boston Boy and weezer yeah, yeah i'm going nightmare. to it by the way i would uh, oh i would go to it if for some reason somehow this this podcast gets big in a real quick and i get free tickets that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah only yeah. way I'm i'll going. go for free um but yeah it is very polished and there are beautiful songs on this this song or this one like qb blitz i love that song but then there's also like feels like summer which is fucking terrible. Um, I would have 52 to give it... 52 million plays. Yeah. I would have That's... to give it a 0 out of 10 on the punk scale because they were trying to be a commercial band again. But yeah. they quickly learned that nobody gave a fuck because it didn't sell that well. So no adjustments need to be made there. Straight 0. Shout out. Um, <laughs> now, on to 2019. Uh, this one almost feels weird having it on here because Teal is a covers record, but it is also just another self-titled record. So I feel like it is still just a record they put out. So I feel like we have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's 
the the covers are undeniably good. Like they cover all of these songs exceptionally well, but they're uninteresting. You know what it's missing? Like, what? The Weezer sound. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like if they made these songs sound like them, that's cool. Or if they picked interesting songs. Like if you covered Raining Blood and made it a, a Weezer song, that would be like at least funny. But like the only one that's interesting is No Scrubs. And, like, and I hate that cover. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not It's that a good. gimmick, dude. It's like funny that he's singing it. But like That's removed it. from that, it's fucking terrible. I also want to point out, yeah. like, like in the time this came out, like that kind of irony of singing like, like an R and B song is kind of like you're like, oh, it's Weezer singing like an R and B song, but like everyone already knows that like everyone likes R and B these days, you know? Like it's like it's not like this weird yeah. thing, like oh, Weezer likes this, like and sings along to this. So that's where I like. I just think it's. I also agree. It is. Uh, there, it's not. It's not an interesting covers album to me, and I think it is especially not so because they kind of just cover the songs and they don't like, they don't. It's like karaoke. They don't do their version of the song, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, and since none of the songs are punk songs, and I feel like they ride the wave or tried to ride the wave of like that they made Africa by Toto come back as like a popular song, but I felt like that was already back it was already, for some weird reason. Back. It was already And back. then they just like did they it. They jumped on that wave. And I was like, I just, so, yeah, like yeah. they bandwagon. That, that pissed me off too. <laughs> so the story behind that is actually kind of punk rock. And you wouldn't wasn't think it, it. Wasn't it like somebody on Twitter like was like, do that, like cover that, cover that. It was a 14-year-old little girl who was a Weezer fan made a made a a twitter that was just like get weezer to cover africa by toto and she literally tweeted every single day and just started as this unknown and it eventually made waves and like all these publications picked it up and then it got to weezer and you know what their response was instead of covering that they like they trolled everyone they were like we got something great coming for you you asked for it and they did a cover of rosanna <laughs> which is hilarious i hate that song it's a terrible song but i thought it was funny when it when yeah. they put it out but then like a week later they put out uh, africa by toto which became their number one hit since like i want to say make believe <laughs> since beverly hills and so they were like this depressing well, let's capitalize on this and so they made a whole album of that and weezer is known for doing like a ton of covers they cover like a ton of shit but oh yeah what sucks is like their older covers sound like weezer covering songs this sounds like weezer became a cover band at a bar and so they're trying their best to sound just like the songs and that's what i fucking hate about this record and i hate that it is a self-titled record too and they and I hate that they count it <laughs> as an album and not a compilation. So the fact that we have to fucking talk about it pisses <laughs> me the hell off. But that Twitter story gives gives it a one out of ten on the punk rock scale for me. I, I got a one out of ten as well. Got a zero, but it's fine. Zero. Yeah, we'll we'll leave her as a one ski. That feels that feels nice. Um, all right, here we are. The greatest record ever put out by Weezer. <laughs> um, 2019's Black. 
I'll just I'll just give that right to right to Johnny. I feel like Ian, you probably don't have too much insightful things to say about it. Nope. Yeah. Johnny, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> so when the White Album released, he was working on two records. He was working on the White Album, and then he said he was working on the Black Album. The good and the bad. Yeah, and he was like, White Album's gonna be light, and Black Album's gonna be dark. And so when we got White Album, we were stoked. We were like, yo, what the fuck is Black gonna sound like? Because White was sick. So is it gonna sound more like Pinkerton? Like, because they had just done a two-album streak, two-album streak, so we were starting to trust them again. But they put Black Album on hold and put out Pacific Daydream, and we were like, Oh God. And so maybe we were like, okay, like maybe they just wanted to put out a pop record and they'll go back to like something crazy because like, maybe they just needed to do this to make some sales and like pay off their fucking pools or something like that in their backyards. (laughs) But we didn't know what was going to come from this record until they put out the first single, which is the fucking, uh, uh, is it can't knock the hustle? Can't knock the hustle. Oh God. Which Removed from Weezer, it's a decent song, but the fact that it's a Weezer song, I fucking hate it, and it sounds like it came out in the mid-2000s. It sounds like it was written by, like, TV on the radio or some fucking dumbass band like that, and it, it just sucks, and this is one of their worst albums because, like, there's only one redeemable track on this, and it's a uh, high as a kite for me. Because I like it because it sounds like Mr. Blue Sky. Um, and I really love ELO. And there's parts on this that just very sound like, it sounds very much like ELO. Um, and then it has that kind of sad sort of uh, Weezer chorus to it. Um, and the music video is funny too. He dresses up as Mr. Rogers and destroys the entire set. Um, but this album has some of their worst fucking songs on it you like once you get past that song it is all garbage it like nothing redeemable i like byzantine is kind of cool and it's written from it's written it's co-written with uh uh punk rock alumni hold on black album oh lord jane grace yes yes so it's co-written with her so it has a little bit of punk steez just because that song is co-written. Um, Actually, I think that kind of like fucks her punk cred up. Yeah, it, de- it definitely <laughs> does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's trash album. Um, I would give it a zero out of ten for the punk uh, thing, and I and it was such a big disappointment because like we did not get a dark album in contrast to white album. White album's way darker than black rap well you kind of got a dark album in the sense that it's bad like it's yeah. so dark that yeah you don't want to hear it ever yeah again. it's like oh dark, like stay away from that one go to the white album the, you know the <laughs> like concept in my brain i could see that hype in my head because as you were talking about it i'm excited for this album that never came out like like listening to the white album and then having be like oh a dark version of this would have been so fucking sick like which is which is why I'm taking you on the journey. Oh my gosh! I like it is hard to be me. <laughs> that's that's and then, and then it is this, and it's it's uh it's uh it's not good. It's yeah, this is a full dude. zero. Zero. Although that Laura Jane Grace writing credit, I kind of want to give it a point five four. Just 
You can give it a point five. You know I'm gonna what? leave it at zero. I will stand with you, Ian, and give you a point five because <laughs> yeah. All right, you know what? To be nice, because we've been pretty mean, we'll give it a point five. Yeah, it does not get a one though. Doesn't deserve a one. No, it does not. I maybe a point two five, but I don't want to do extra math. Um. All right, so now we're moving on to number fourteen. This is my third favorite Weezer record. Okay, human. Is it really came your third out this Did year? You, you, you liked it. So, I when Johnny put out his thing, like whatever, two three weeks ago, like he was like, you were kind of raving about Okay, human being like really good, uh, and I was like, maybe like okay, like let me see, let me see, and I listened to it, and I think I think Johnny you had told me like specifically like listen to it and like tell me how you feel, um, and I loved it. I thought it's amazing. Um, it, it, I mean, this is a lazy, uh, connection, but it feels like it has like Sufjan Stevens vibes only because it's like orchestral and stuff. It's not as like, um, it's, it's not very much like Sufjan, but it's a little bit, um, like that. And I just, I like orchestras and I like orchestral music in stuff like this. It are orchestras punk. I don't know. We'll get there one day, but um, <laughs> is the London Symphony Orchestra punk? I can't wait for yeah. that podcast. <laughs> Maybe, um, and I feel like River's voice really fits well with this style of music. Um, I'm giving it a two out of ten because flipping the script and they they keep going between being like a pop punk band just a pop band and like a rock band and like this weird thing and then just fully 180 being like putting out like an orchestral record is such an interesting thing to me um and i yeah i just feel like a 2 out of 10 feels right what you got ian i um i didn't like i didn't i didn't uh i didn't dive into this one i listened to the first track um and I didn't think it was bad. I just, uh, I guess at the time, just didn't feel like listening to it and exploring it. Um, so I apologize that for being a bad uh, podcast host or to really look into it. Like I said, my beef of my listening was definitely the middle uh, sections of their catalog because it was, uh, I, I don't know, my least explored. I, so I, I, have a, I have a null opinion on this. Didn't listen well enough. Um, so... Uh, no true opinion. Well, it's uh so when I first listened to this record, I didn't like it. My first listen, but I was walking in a snowstorm when it came out. You're not so, gonna like anything. Yeah, and so I was trying I was expecting like something a little bit different, but the hype to this album was real. Um, because it's done by their producer, um it, it, like one of their new like common producers, uh Jake uh uh, what's his last name, Connor? You got you got it open. I got Wikipedia, baby. Um, Jake Sinclair. So Jake Sinclair, he also produces for other bands like Fall Out Boy and shit like that. But Jake Sinclair also produced the White Album, and he's he's what gave us our our classic Weezer sound back. And the thing about Jake Sinclair is he is a hardcore Weezer fan as well, and so he in the early 2000s was in a Weezer cover band. That's how much this guy loves Weezer. <laughs> and so, and then he went on to be a very successful producer. 
and then got his dream job to produce a Weezer album. And so he made them go back to their original sound for a lot of those songs on the White Album, which is why it's so well regarded. And the production on the White Album is great. And so after production wrapped up on that, Rivers always has like two or three albums going. But he gave Rivers a challenge on this. He said, I want you to stop caring about uh, records being commercially viable. This is what I want you to do. He gave him uh, this record by uh, Nielsen, or, or uh, fuck, I forget it. It's an old 70s record that is just like acoustic songs. Um, and he's like, I want you to listen to this. And I want you to remember all your love for classical music. And I want you to not worry about making a commercial record. And I want you to write about your actual life. And so he gave him this challenge and Rivers was really excited for this. He was like ecstatic. And so every song that's written on this, the, the it's, a, it's like a 36 piece orchestra was all composed by Rivers, no co-writers except for the first song, um, but no co-writers all written on a piano and then transcribed from piano to a 37 piece orchestra or 36. Um, and I think that is really fucking cool because when you hear the orchestra, it is awesome. And while like Rivers is singing over it, it sounds like Weezer, but there's no distorted guitars, but it doesn't sound like shitty Weezer. It sounds like a mature Weezer actually like being experimental and trying something new. It's, it's a Baroque record. It's a Baroque rock record that sounds like it could have came out it doesn't sound like it came out in the 60s, but it sounds like they were trying to make a 60s Baroque rock record for the modern age. And the production on this thing is immaculate. All of the orchestra was recorded at Abbey Road. And um, a lot of other things were recorded on um, uh, analog stuff that was collected from the 60s and 70s at, for private uh a private studio and they were like the first band to use it all in tandem with each other and so it's a really cool record and he's and there are cheesy moments on it but the thing that i like about this is it's his most personal record since pinkerton um and i say that because he is writing about himself he's writing about not taking showers going on zoom calls he's writing about how mundane it is to walk downtown as a celebrity and do the same old thing every single day and get the same alu gobi dish he's writing about like how uh numbers and uh like uh like whether his songs are doing good or his social media is popping off how that's taking over his life and how it's like destroying his life and he gets obsessive over it and uh yeah and there's like songs about his wife on there about becoming irrelevant and like yeah the last song about the La Brea Tar Pits which you're in LA so you're familiar with that and those are really those are really cool the tar pits in general the the whole song is about a metaphor of him sinking into the La Brea Tar Pits and it's really cool because it's like it's him writing about becoming irrelevant but the funny thing is like he is making himself a more relevant artist again by making an album like this and yeah I love this record and the fact that he just like went into it the way that he did it I think is punk rock because he's just like he's shedding the the like sheen from the past two records and all of that again which is a common thing with Weezer 
and it's it's more punk rock so i give it a four out of ten it there's no distorted guitars on it so it doesn't sound like punk but the lyrics are are kind of there for like a 50 year old guy talking about his life and being honest and the mentality going into it in contrast with the other ones um, I was clicking around on Wikipedia where you're talking because it, it is described on Wikipedia as orchestral punk, chamber pop, or no, orchestral pop, chamber pop, Baroque pop, and pop rock. And then I was like, what other bands have done orchestral pop or chamber pop? And both of them immediately just list off Beach Boys Pet Sounds just right off the back of like what that was. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to give this album a listen. It's based around Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper, uh, I'm a huge Beatles fan as well. Um, and then also, like, there's a ton of different records, like uh, the Zombie second record, Oracle and Odyssey, which is on the wall behind me. Um, and then uh, there's also, like, there's a ton of different bands that I've been diving into because yeah. I love that era. Um, yeah, it's just so cool. I love Baroque stuff. And, like, after, like, three listens to this record, I was like, this is awesome. I finally got like a Baroque album from Weezer. Yeah, it's it's super interesting that they would do that sound in the first place. And then like you said, while they make these like pop records, they like lose their sound sometimes when they're like trying to make these like cheesy pop songs for seven year olds, but then they fully change form and it still sounds like Weezer, which is really I think, interesting. I think that's because like as Weezer fans and maybe even like you you're not trying to listen to like Weezer again like the blue album released again like as like cool as it may be isn't like I think even what we're listening to because Pinkerton isn't that like we just want like Rivers Cuomo to Good just music. like release music that is truly like like a sort of insightful thing about himself and I'm I'm interested in listening to this and actually deep diving into it because it does sound like yeah. it would be right up my alley of something that i would enjoy it's frustrating as a weezer fan because there's a duality to rivers cuomo where we know he has it in him to write these records that are intelligent and quirky and like have that sort of like uh understanding and sensibility to them but then there's the other side of him where he wants to be like the best pop song writer of all time and he has a struggle where he had like balances that and so, like, there are some eras where he wants to be that pop writer, and there are some eras where he wants to be Rivers Cuomo. To, He's just, like, like, constantly shooting himself in the foot. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> Every other record. But um, the cool thing is uh, he likes Jake Sinclair so much, so next year they're doing four records. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, and they're, that's too many and fucking records. It's called Seasons. And they're they're releasing it at the beginning of each season, but it's produced by Jake Sinclair, who I trust now, after two records, and I trust him to pick the right songs. I don't know about Weezer putting out four albums. There's probably gonna be a lot of shit and filler on there. Yeah, we're, but, we're gonna have to check in after they come out. But I'm excited because like all of these songs that were written for the past two albums that came out this year were written like two to three years ago, so we haven't heard material from Weezer for the past three years, like genuinely. Okay. Well, so we're going to give this one a three out of 10. I think I had a two, you had a four. Ian's a null. No. Sounds like a three. Um, last one on the list. Number 15. We got Van Weezer. This is an arena rock record. Felt like we teleported to the 1980s. 
Um, I don't like it at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fully dislike it. I gave it a negative three. Uh, you gave it a negative wow. three? Wow. Um, solely, solely because it is literally an arena rock record. And, like, I feel like if you were a person that went to, like, a Motley Crue show back in the day and you bumped into a guy that went to a Black Flag concert, like, you're going to hate each other. There's no, there's no common ground. Yeah, I didn't listen to this, but it didn't seem like a punk album at all to me. So I'm, I, uh, for this show, I'm going to give it a zero. I did listen to a couple of songs and I like would, uh, in, in, in haste of trying to figure out what I should listen to, which just skip in a little bit. And I just remember hearing this like insane wailing guitar solo that was like so Van Halen-esque, I guess, um, that I was like, eh, I'm just going to give a zero on this one. But again, it could be a null vote, but it, <laughs> I'm going to give it a zero. So. Yeah, I'm gonna null on this as well. This is I'm giving this fully to Johnny, kind of, and then I'll I might rein it in if you go crazy. So there, this is a fun record, and it's it. What I like about it is, it's supposed to be cheesy, and yeah. he it's executed like it's not cheesy like Ratitude, or or like Black Record or Pacific Daydream, but it's it's cheesy in the sense that like it's a love letter to every single band that he liked from the eighties and every single song is modeled after one of those bands. So there's a Van Halen song. There's a kiss song. There's a Metallica song. Um, and I like that a lot. And there's a lot of great songs on here. Like, uh, the beginning of the end is one of my favorites. I don't like this cut. I like the, uh, I like the soundtrack cut that they did for, t uh, Bill and Ted three. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a really great, it's a fun record, but it's middle of the road Weezer record for me. It didn't even break my top six. It's just like in C tier. Um, but I will give them some props on one more hit, which is their Metallica song. Um, because it has, it's really riffy and it sounds like a Metallica riff. And there's even a part in that song where it breaks down into a thrash punk uh, style, where it's like kind of like Master of Puppets shit, and um, it's really fun hearing Weezer like explore that as a fan who's known that like Metallica has been one of their influences since day one, and it, it's uh, it's a little bit punk at that part that part, um, but in contrast they took a song like Blue Dream and completely ripped off the Crazy Train uh, riff and like totally ruins that song because that song is a demo from the Everything Will Be All Right in the End era. Uh, and that original song is called The Ballad of the, uh, the, the Brawny, I want to say. And it's originally supposed to be a sea shanty song. And it was way cooler <laughs> when it was a sea shanty song. Um, but now it's it's literally the crazy train riff with a chorus that is, you know, inherently Weezer, but it doesn't work at all, as opposed to mm -hmm. one more hit, which even has the cringe line that says pump it up, pump it up into me, please, daddy, please, daddy, which nightmare is cringe. But when you learn that he's the song is written from the perspective of a drug addict prostitute, it makes a lot more sense. But then you then you learn it's also a metaphor of him wanting to like 
right hits and he wants one more hit because he has that obsession which is like cool as a weezer fan it still sucks and so i would have to give this record a one out of ten on the punk rock scale okay (laughs) i'll um i'll remove my negative three and put a one (laughs) (laughs) all right so that leaves us with a total score of 41 which then divide that by fourteen. Well, fifteen. Fifteen. So that gives us two point seven three repeating. So this is a Weezer is officially twenty seven percent punk. It's not how okay. Yeah. So does that mean that they're not punk? <laughs> uh I mean twenty seven percent. We have twenty seven percent music as far as their music releases go. 27% punk. Okay. We did have the discussion about their the checklist, which I hit they maybe hit zero point like half score in some of these checklists. Um we want to do real can't believe we're doing this number style right now, but let's to go. Let's go. All right. You know what? Rivers does it, so why don't we all right, do band, well, exactly. all right, band okay, so we have we have let's go. All right, so we have let's see, I have five 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 points. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, one DIY. What do we say? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Half. Half. All agree on a zero point five. That sounds good to me. Two okay. makes music regardless if possible. Yeah, like Th- that's just thumbs up. If, if, He's just if gonna if make popular, music. Excuse me. Did I say that? That's a yeah. Something um, like that. Yeah. Yes and no. But if you removed the popular thing, he would still write music. Yeah. yeah. He just wants it to be popular, to but be he, popular. he would do it. So no we're going to give what. that a 0. 0.5. 0 is, is, yeah. is a, yeah. So 0. 0.5 on that. Okay. Um, inspired by punk. Um, I would say, yeah. Yeah, the earlier stuff. I, but is he, is he inspired by punk? Or is he, inspi- yeah, he likes some punk bands. Okay. We'll give it a zero. Okay. We'll give that a one. He likes the Sex Pistols a lot. Okay. We'll give it a one. All right. I'll, I'll give him that one. Um, does it sound punk? I think that we're going to say early 0.25.25 because that's a, that's the that's our score was 0.25. Okay. And the last one is do they consider themselves punk? And that's a I don't think zero. So. No. So we have 0.5 zero. plus 0. 0.5 is one plus one plus 0. 0.25. Um, so that's going to be a 2.25 out of 5. So that also puts them below 50%. So that is a below But that lines up with the 27% almost. Yeah, so that's below fail fail on the on the punk. So they are not officially not a not punk a band. Punk band. However, unless you but, go off my Def Leppard thing. Yes, unless you go off the Def Leppard. Unless Lepard you go off thing. Def Leppard, which we discussed 2 hours ago and then yes, but, they are. But punk. we will <laughs> there is the aspect that they have been very influential to pop punk in this day, and I think that even punk bands now listen to Weezer. Most, a lot of hardcore kids listen to Weezer. A lot of punk rock kids oh, yeah. listen to Weezer. So, especially like Pinkerton and Blue Album. Um, yeah, like I think honestly, like a wild set would be if they played. I mean, I don't think it would ever happen, but like when we talked about Saves the Day and them playing like This Is Hardcore and just like playing old songs and people going nuts. Like if Weezer played like a real like punk show and just played like Pinkerton and Blue Album, well, they did it. 
Yeah, kids would go nuts. No, I went to them. So oh, really? In, in 2010, they did a memories tour, and they played intimate. Um, they played uh, really small venues, uh, and uh, they they played Blue Album and Pinkerton front to back, and they didn't play any anything else. And it like that rules. It was hard to get tickets, but I was living in Seattle at the time. Tumblr days. I was friends with you. I, I went to this. both shows in Seattle, and they were some of the best shows I've ever been to. Um, that rules. That sounds about so, right. So respect to that. I also want to say that like, Bond the music industry did a whole set of uh, multiple times of uh, playing uh, Pinkerton and Blue album all the way through. Um, I believe Shook Ones would cover um, Weezer. Uh, multiple times, especially at the fest. I don't know if they did a whole set that was a Weezer cover set, but they did. Shook Ones is an undeniable punk band. And Weekend Nachos released a uh, album that is not a live show, but they released a, a, a single that was two Weezer covers. Goddamn. So... These are my <laughs> half Japanese girls. These are these are my uh, these are my. They actually covered they covered um, they covered Tired of Sex and then I believe um, let me look at this real quick in the garage. So, but yeah, I was normally this is where we would go through the whole playlist that you put together, but I I think for yeah efforts of time we're not going to go through the whole playlist. But I did see that Weekend Nachos has covers of. <laughs> Weezer, which I cannot wait to listen to as soon as we get off of here. Yeah, yeah, me too. They're um, sadly, this is this is actually um, a sadness thing that much like the um, the Teal album, where we hope it would be a uh, a what is it a more band like version of it. It is actually simply them them covering. That's kind so of so. I I am sad. I remember I was disappointed <laughs> on that. I do just like the idea on its own. The idea of it, but I funny. really wish they did a full, heavy, power violence version of Tired you of Sex and In the Garage. Ian, you yeah. know what I want you to add to that playlist? Yeah. Um, there was a late '90s emo band, um, and this is like in the era of like No Knife and uh, At the Drive-In. Uh, there's this band called Mock Orange, and they're fantastic, and I definitely recommend their first record. But they do a cover of Only in Dreams, and is their version of that kind of like mathy emo, but like original math emo, not like I love American football blah, 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 shit, um, <laughs> where it's more like Faraquette and shit like that. Um, it, it is amazing. It doesn't sound like the original Only in Dreams. It sounds like a mock orange song, but it is a fantastic song. And I recommend you both listen to that. All right. Sadly, I can't put on the the Spotify playlist that we make for the uh, for the fans oh. at home. However, that is something to Google probably on YouTube or look up on YouTube, um, which I'm fixing yeah. to do at the end of this show. Yes, it, that is a must listen. And you will be like, Yo, this is sick. And if you've never listened to Mock Orange, highly recommend Mock Orange. Well, wow. what a, this this was a long one, but yeah. I I felt like it needed to be so we could give the proper attention to really get into Weezer because like like Ian and I talked about beforehand, like truly only listened to the first two records and the rest of them just 
trying to get into this week. So getting to hear like the background knowledge from a super fan like yourself is definitely helpful. Um, and like now afterwards, I'll probably actually revisit Weezer in a more happier state of mind rather than the, like the begrudging way I was listening to it the last two weeks. Join me in my despair of being a Weezer fan. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how dog shit the next record's going to be because it seems like what they do. I think I have high hopes that they will be mid-tier albums. I don't okay. think that they will be cringe albums like uh, Ratitude or Make Believe, but I think they'll be as good as Van Weezer or, or Maladroit. Yeah. God damn. Well, <laughs> begrudgingly, I actually kind of wish they would have been more punk, but begrudgingly, not punk. Good band, though. But yeah, a, definitely but good a, band. We could say that they are a punk influence. They're a huge punk influence, especially people now. They are a, I would say, I would actually, I said a good band. I wanted, let's just say, fuck it. They're a great band. I think that they, and especially out of all the things, out of all the careers, I think there are high points at every record. And I think that uh, um, there is, there's something fun in there for everything. In my personal taste, in my personal enjoyment of music. Yeah. And, and without them existing, like there, we would be missing a lot of good stuff. Like they're definitely like a necessary band in the world of punk music and yeah. just general pop music that we all yeah. like. So without them, we'd be missing a whole lot. They're they're proto pop. They're pop punk pop rock version of like a modern day Beatles, but not as good. But they <laughs> that they essentially do what the like. They try to re- like do the Beatles. They try to just make really like spicy stuff and event, and sometimes they do some really great things. Yeah, a lot of big swings, like always haymakers. Just you know, don't always connect. Yeah, they they miss a lot, unfortunately. Like the Beatles contemporaries. Yeah, but uh, but John, do you have anything to plug here at the end? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Um. Yeah, if you're interested in like Tim and Eric sort of like crazy ass com comedy or political satire like The Daily Show or John Oliver, um, and want to learn about fucked up New England stuff, uh, that can be relatable to any really small town or small city. Uh, please check me out. Uh, I feel like we're doing like me and my cast are doing something that's like kind of fresh and kind of new. And um, there's something in it for everyone. Even if you don't get all the local references, there's a lot of jokes to just modern things, how people are uh, things of that nature. Like Connor watches and he doesn't know Vermont, but he always tells me how much he enjoys it. Um, I've been to Vermont twice to snowboard and that's about it. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I have taken a break because of health issues, but I'm coming back. And uh, I'm really excited for the videos that we have planned this summer. Do you watch them on and, Instagram uh, or on huh? YouTube? Is it on Instagram or YouTube? Is that? Yeah, they're on Instagram and YouTube, I think, right? Uh, yeah, anything that allows videos, any social media platform besides TikTok, I'm on it. And we, and I am on TikTok, at, but I don't release my videos on there. At Johnny Wanzer. Yep. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know when this comes out, but uh, I got signed tomorrow. To... It comes out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Um, Wednesday. Sorry, two days from now. Okay, so I won't 
I won't announce that. I have a big announcement coming up about the future of my videos. And Ooh, I'll tell you guys when we're not recording, but um, it's really exciting. And I have a video coming out about that next week. Stay tuned, motherfuckers. And so, uh, yeah, without, any, without saying too much else, I mean, Weezer, great band, not punk. Oh, and I got to show you guys this. This is a rare Weezer photo or rare Weezer poster from 2000 and it's vintage. And like, I had always wanted it. And then I went on eBay and found it and now I have it. <laughs> and it is in my, my music area over here. So this man's house filled with Weezer paraphernalia. Yeah. There's a ton of Weezer shit all over my house. It's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but you know, being, being punk is kind of embarrassing. Like anytime someone comes in my room, I have to explain what, my giant have heart straight edge ban uh, banner is and it's it's depressing but <laughs> what i always say to that is uh let's go fuck yourself everybody See, it's like a bottle